Welcome to episode six of Pod Like a Hole. In the last episode, we were talking about the five-year gap between the downward spiral and the fragile. We're going to continue that conversation. I had split it into two parts, and this is side two of that conversation. We hope you enjoy it. So, a diversion. I am a... Joe's the head gamer of the room. I am a... More than casual, but I can't be as much of a gamer as I like to. But I love video gamers in the room. Mark's... Casual. At Mark's best. casual, but he loves what he loves when it comes to sure. some games. Yeah. And Eric's the least gamer of us because when Eric was a kid, his parents wouldn't let him play more than half an hour of video games. Yeah, a day. they put him in a box <laughs> and he played video games. <laughs> All that being said, <laughs> did you guys play Quake in high school? I did. Oh, I bought it the day it came out. Yeah. My God. I did play I Quake, ever. found it to be too hard. Um, I, I did play Doom. I played Duke Nukem, but Quake... Uh, I played Doom as well, yeah. Um, Shit, the reason Mark and I are friends is because of Duke Nukem. <laughs> One of the first conversations we had in high school was about Duke Nukem. Quake... But, oh, go ahead. Go, no, 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 you do it. I was going to say, Quake is uh, probably... You know, I... Yeah, I'm definitely the, the gamer out of these out of this group in here. But uh, you know, my my gaming education is largely predicated on arcades and the Japanese video games, very specifically. Which Quake is not. Which Quake is not. However, when Quake came out in uh, summer of '96, uh, just by happenstance, like literally, within like I want to say like two weeks before it came out. My family got like a new PC, and mm. it was like a super top of the line Pentium, uh, with uh, one of the earlier, you know, dedicated uh, GPU, you know, graphics processors in it. Um, so it, it really worked out that right out of the box, I could play this game like maxed out settings. Uh, so I was like, "Holy smokes, this is huge!" You know, I kind of. Uh, only played Doom at friends' houses mm-hmm. because, you know, obviously it's like I had a copy of it but didn't really have a computer to play it on. You know, we'd sneak it in at school and computer lab and stuff, but really uh, this was like my real big introduction to like PC gaming. However, yeah. I already had a PlayStation at this point, mm-hmm. and this is also uniquely at a point where um, video game consoles were light years ahead of PCs. PCs were powerful, but that, they were not geared for that's, PC that's kind gaming. Of first, that's where that kind of first happened, too. I think, like, up until this point, the 16-bit games couldn't rival what was going on computers. No. And then... No, the it's jump- reverse of that. Reverse of that. The PC games before this point uh, ran just completely differently. A lot of still background mm. stuff. They would take advantage of the resolution of a monitor, the color output... Uh, I think just because they you couldn't do, you couldn't run like an arcade port. You couldn't play Sonic the Hedgehog no. on a com- on like a computer from 1994. But you could it play, straight up wouldn't work. But you could play a CD-ROM game with like vocals and stuff with no would, moving background. Which, which was kind of it was a different experience. It was a completely different experience. Yeah. It was just it was kind of like a movie wise. versus TV at the time. I don't know. Like one moved fast, more fast paced. The other one was more of an elaborate production, but way slower. And this is a whole other conversation. I might hurt feelings here, but anyway, Quake was a next <laughs> level experience. Feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I have I have negative feelings towards PC games. It as in general uh, nowadays the lines are blurred. You know, mm-hmm. PC won that war. It's it's the development platform of choice, and now there's limitations aren't a thing anymore. Um, yeah. So at Sorry, the time no. though, at the time though, Quake was a big fucking deal. Yes, uh, so it was like one of the first ones using uh, real-time 3D texture map polygon graphics, which for PC gaming was very new. 
Um, very few games used it. Fewer still used it to good effect. It was commonplace in arcade, and therefore also, you know, it was, you know, introduced earlier on consoles even. Like I said, PlayStation and Saturn. And then a month or two later, when N64 came out, uh, you know, we're already doing much more advanced things. But this game was unique in that it was like kind of like the true successor to Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also unique also because Quake, after the first Quake, became id software's tournament shooter you know their fast-paced deathmatch centric thing but this game was unique it had sprawling levels it had uh dramatic quiet points it had enemy ambushes which was why was perfect for it was yeah no this game was a big deal so i mean i put it ahead of everything else on pc for within like probably like a two-year span you know, the year before and the year after. I don't think there's anything as important. Well, everybody looked from my perspective. Everybody looked forward to it because we played Doom for years. Exactly. And this was the new thing from the Doom team. Yeah. I don't think that Carmack and Ramiro, they were still friends on this. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they yeah, were they're, still they're they were still teamed up. Yep. And um having Terrence to the music just made sense because he was a gamer yeah. of this nature. Absolutely. And also yeah, he was a big a fan lot of Doom. the, you know, kids wearing black that loved his stuff were also Doom fans. Yeah. And um there's a nail gun in it. Yeah. With you the Nine Inch Nails, Nails logo on the logo ammo. was on the yeah. ammo. Yeah. 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 It was a fun game. Um, it was kind of a pain in the ass. It, it was... Uh, First I game really... I ever played, you know, using mouse keyboard controls. I didn't really I understand the storyline of it too well. It was a weird medieval S- space. Someone like... Doom. Like, fell into a different dimension. Is it just a space marine, but yeah. instead of warping to Mars, he warped into hell. But yeah. hell was on Mars for Dooms. So I don't know. You're so right. as, as a soundtrack, it worked great. Uh, the first track is just like the, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the opening track to Doom is a motherfucking awesome song. Yep, yep. And this is very yep. much in that like the first track right. of this is just it's, just, it's a banger. If it's you a haven't banger. played yeah, the new Doom, by the way, do yourselves a favor and play it. And also the soundtrack is absolutely a mind yeah. fuck. It's great. Good. You will you would love it. It is of it is harder, louder, industrial guitar buzzing. Uh, uh, real catchy stuff on the newest one from the like last a year Doom ago. I played was Doom Three. Well, that's the last one they made up yeah. until this one. So I mean, it took like you know a fifteen year hiatus or whatever. But the new one is fantastic. But this this one, the Quake soundtrack opens up for the opening level. The the select screen to the opening level, awesome. Just I would say that guitars. I would say that theme is is top twenty nine snail songs. Uh- Album artwork, it's of a piece of like the Nine Inch yeah, Nails yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, he ha- he clearly had a huge aesthetic effect on this game for the better. Yeah, yeah. but after sure. that first song, it's just ambient stuff. Which yeah, it's fine. That's what you want yeah. for a video you game. need that for but that kind of thing. Yeah, but it's that's great. A spooky yeah. ass it's very game. much. It's very much a, like um, Apex Twin. It goes um, from ambi- it goes ambient. It goes from sounds. action yeah. to kind of spooky. It was one of the first games. That I felt, you know, like Bioshock does that, where it's like it's an action game, but it has moments of, you know, Great you, game. you're a kind of afraid to go around the corner because you funny. know when something terrible is there. I, I got into Bioshock way years after both of you did, but when I played through it, both of you guys were the guys I was texting about. Mm-hmm. Bioshock uh, uh, Infinite. 
That was the also, third one. Yeah. I mean, good lord. Yeah. Wow. That was an amazing there was kind of a narrative. Critical, what like, a special a years, thing that a few, was. Like, a few years later, like people kind of took a, sta- a turn against it because it was so popular. There was a backlash. Balderdash. Yeah, it's a great game. Yeah. It's, it's solid. Yeah. Uh, Bioshock Two. Um, is just a straight up sequel. It's not bad. Yeah, uh, but Consi- it could have been a lot worse sure. considering it didn't have anyone really involved from the original. Mm-hmm. You know, it was something that kind of the publisher took on. Actually, you would farmed love- it out. Two K Marin. You would love the Bioshock games. You yeah. would. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're shooters, but they're yeah. in ones in the undersea. Two of them are in the undersea world. The other ones yeah. in the a sky world. But a it city. takes but like an Ayn Randian but, uh, yeah, concept. But pushed to the extremes how it's exactly. bad. It doesn't also, glorify it. Right. a bunch right. of old-timey people talking old-timey. Uh-huh. I think... Like, yeah, yeah, you so would, Eric yeah. could be a character. I don't think I have anything yeah. to play it on, but... Yeah, but then, like, uh, Bioshock Infinite then just, like, blows the doors off of everything. Has a great yeah. Beach Boys cover in it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, but... In, in even in the ambient stuff in it, every now and then a groove will come up, oh, yeah, which sets it. It's never as rocking as the opening track, but no. every it's worth. I mean, it's worth a listen. Every now and then there'll be this undercurrent that kind of takes over. It's. it's I think it's, this is the first time I could ever funny. remember trying to hunt down a soundtrack. The only video game. For, for, that, I'm sorry, jeez, a uh, video game soundtrack. The sure. only video game that sits on my music shelf instead of my video game shelf, <laughs> right? Is, so uh, is this for do those out know, there that you, potentially have a CD version of Quake? Uh, I mean, if you don't know, I do have it. A CD yeah. player. Yep, it works. Start track two, yep. and you got yourself the soundtrack. It's Absolutely. great. It's yeah. a great yeah. concept. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys know who did the uh, soundtrack for the second game? Was it Chris Vrenna? No. I think was it Charlie Clauser? No. Anesh. <laughs> <laughs> Stabbing westward. I don't know then. Rob Zombie. Oh, oh, oh really? That makes sense. I thought Chris Verena did some of the work. He did for... American McGee's Alice. Rob Zombie popped oh, up yeah, on a lot of the soundtracks right. in the right. late '90s. However, that doesn't really count because at that point, video games just had licensed soundtracks. That yeah. was like that became a thing right. when CD-ROM kind of became the dominant form. They would right. just have what they call. Red Book Audio. Mm-hmm. That would literally just stream after loading the actual game data. Twisted Metal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that gets us to our uh, our first official history of the world. We're in '97 oh. now. Eric. Yep. Yep. Nineteen. In, uh, in other episodes, we like to when we get to a new year, we like to start out. Well, what was going on? Right. Sure. In 1997, it was a big year for Nine yeah. Tails. It was a big year for you and yeah. me. It was a big night. Big year for everybody involved. Listen, yeah. one of uh, one of our faithful listeners told me that I had skipped over. The Berlin Wall coming down in one of our episodes. It's not important. <laughs> like, listen, <laughs> that was important American history. All right, that was I'm important just, we, to Germany. Yeah, yeah. Said, <laughs> we all American know what history. happened. Holy shit, aren't you a teacher? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> he knows all about Lupa Land. <laughs> listen, that year I thought talking about the Yonoid was way more important. So. <laughs> all right. Princess Diana was killed this year, mm. right? Big bummer. R.I.P. But we got Candle in the Wind 97 out of it. Oh, god damn it. Killing all my jokes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the gong. <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> the shepherd's crook. <laughs> Minimum wage got up to uh, 5.15. Wow. <laughs> um, all right. Wi-Fi was introduced. Is it pronounced Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi? Uh, w- wireless Fidelity. Okay. Uh, so that'd be Wi-Fi. Uh, World Series champions, the Florida Marlins. Oh, God. <laughs> That makes me ill. 97, so they played against the Cleveland Indians, I think, in a heartbreaker. Uh, Super Bowl champions were the Packers, hmm. Chicago Bulls, NBA. Yes. The Sheboygan Bulls. 
And Detroit Red Wings. There you go. Uh, sex Symbols. Let's see if there's any new ones this year. Of course, Gillian Anderson taking it for the 90s. Hey, so how's the new X-Files? Uh, the new season is like the last season where the main story isn't great and kind of a hot mess, but the little one-and-dones in between are great, as good as it's ever been. So, uh, yeah, those little one-and-dones have been fantastic. So, Original series still very strong in this era. Yep, yep, very strong. Uh, Carmen Electra is popping up on the list here. Ooh, Isla Fisher out of nowhere. What movie was she in in 96? Okay. Who? No. She Isla Fisher? Fisher? Yeah, yeah. That can't be yeah, right. Yeah, no, she was in something in the 90s. Uh, was it Scary Movie? That was not in 97. No, that was like 2000. Isla yeah. Fisher? Yep, yep. I, I can't remember what it was. She How do you spell her name? I, I-L-S-A. She popped up in something. No, I-S-L-A. Oh, thank you. Lucy Lawless, of course. Mm. Leah Thompson's still on the list. Caroline for Caroline City. In City yeah. yeah. All right. Some quotes from this era. Oh my God! They killed Kenny. She's we married were... to Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, yeah, no yeah you didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Oh my God! They killed. Oh, that's right. South Park popped up. South in the Park fall of popped up. Um, yeah. uh, Titanic was a huge hit this year. Mm-hmm. Big mm-hmm. hit. Yeah. Even though everyone thought it was going to be a huge flop. Right. Right. So yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Brad Pitt sued Playgirl. For what shown as peen. <laughs> uh, I'll have uh, to dig up through my back. Oh, no, it was paparazzi p- pics of him and Gwyneth Paltrow uh, on vacay. Okay, him and, him and Goop. <laughs> oh yeah, this is when um, Eddie Murphy was stopped by police with a uh, with a prostitute in his car. I'm pretty sure I saw Eddie Murphy at Rayleigh's this year. Really? Yeah, he lived in in Los Lagos. So does he still have a house there? I don't know if he actually owns it. Maybe one of the ex-wives owns it. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, I you thought you saw him do his little shtick and uh, buy ice something. cream or something. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. Guys, we lost it. John Denver. We lost Notorious B.I.G., which I will talk about in our remix roundup. We lost Chris Farley this yeah, year. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, Jeremy Phil Stewart. Hartman, huh? uh, if we did, it's not. It's not showing up. But pretty sure Phil Hartman was in '97 too, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Probably. If, yeah, if not, it was 98, yeah. I don't know, what year did uh, Jingle All the Way come out? 96. Oh, or like Small Soldiers. Small shoulder, Soldiers. That was, Small it, Soldiers came out like in early 98, so I think. Okay. Was that his last film? Yeah, that was his last film. Wow. Small Shoulders. Shoulders. Small Shoulders. <laughs> That's yeah. the one with uh, Sean Astin at the... Uh... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> No, it's no, Gremlins. It, ass, that's but, right. But without it's any the of the toys kids. that are coming to life, yeah. yeah. But without any of the the fun. Yep. Uh, and Steve's favorite website, WebMD, started in nineteen ninety seven. Making me wonder how I'm dying. The yep. hypochondriac's yep. Bible. Yes. Uh, okay, so popular movies: Titanic, Men in Black, mm. Lost World, Jurassic Park. Ugh. Best cast. Terrible movie. Mark and I saw it together in Folsom. Such yeah, a good I saw cast. the midnight show opening of it. That even, movie does not hang together. Even, even even as a teenager, I was like, this was not that good. No, no. And Godzilla at the end? No. Uh, the little girl that does the gymnastic routine to, oh, yeah. to the, the Raptors. Which yeah. thankfully they established in the first act that she's in gymnastics. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, <laughs> thankfully. It's like it's the you, only reason to put that there. If you show the gun... It's we all get used. Jeff yeah. Goldblum's a hero of humanity, but he did the Independence Day uh, sequel, which was terrible. And so he's like, "Oh, I guess I'll do a Jurassic Park uh, 
part six or whatever. And that looks bad. Right. The next one, yeah. yeah. I do love that yeah. part of the promotion for this movie was the uh, the Mercedes M class. Their uh, mid size SUV, oh, luxury right. SUV. He was given one for an appearance, and he kept that shit for years and years. And Good. remember hearing them talk about it on an episode of like Top Gear. They asked him what he drove, and he's like, "Oh, it's that car." And I was like, I immediately knew, it was like, "Oh, because it was in that movie. They must have given it." And then he's like, "They gave me one of these for doing an appearance, you know, at a car show that coincided with the release of this movie. It's what I drive." He's not at all a car person, but it was just charming that he has no idea how to like drive a stick shift. Uh, does not know how to drive a car fast in any way, shape, or form. Just had a lot of fun with their, you know, put a celebrity, behind, you know, behind a steering wheel on their on their driver's course. I think he has the record for the slowest lap times, <laughs> and it's just so charming to watch. Anyway, oh, sorry. That's fantastic. Yeah, we're, Star- we're tying it together though. Star Wars special edition uh, was this year. Oh the yeah, first one. I saw that in the theater. Every yep, other I month saw all those. Out. Those yep, are a lot yep, of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. We saw those at the Roseville Theater. The Mabuki. <laughs> the only one that's not offensive. Yeah, they just opened them. Those Olympus Point ones. Yeah. Empire is the only one that's not offensive. Uh, Empire is, is arguably fine. the best yeah. version yeah, yeah. of it. Is the special it just edition. shows like a just little too long about flesh Wampa. out the background. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cloud, I mean, City. Cloud City looks yeah. great. They're yeah. all completely unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, the, the third one with that goddamn song is. Oh. What annoys me the most is the. What an offense to Max Rebo's legacy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. They really butchered Return of the Jedi the most. Yeah. I think. Whenever yeah. they show. A person flying around in a hover car that doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. I go insane. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many of them. It's like, that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Big hits Big yep. hits of this year were Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart. That's a good song. Spice Girls' Wannabe. No, I'm serious. That's a good song. Mm-hmm. Puff. Wannabe was 96, dude. Well, it said that it was, it was still in the charts. How do you know that? Well, I just remember it all, dude. According to this, it was... From February 22nd to March 21st, mm. 97, it was top of the charts. Oh, okay, fair enough. And an edit by JV is going to happen later. I'm calling later. shenanigans, but okay. Uh, Puff Daddy and Mace, Can't Nobody Hold Me Down, they'll come up again later in the remix roundup. Hypnotized by Biggie, Hanson's Mbop. Mm. Oh my gosh, I actually really remember this, uh, oh, yeah. this era. My wife is a big fan of her. Just going to say that. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Boys to Men, John, yeah, no, nothing great, mm-hmm. nothing great, not a great year for music. Uh, yeah, so that's what I got. What about TV? What about it? Did you bring up TV? Friends were big. Seinfeld big. So, yeah, we're, maybe they didn't do TV. Oh, here we go. Seinfeld, ER, Veronica's Closet. Oh, ER, duh. Uh, yeah. ER's on Hulu now. Touched by an Angel, nice. and everything else is... Groped by an Frasier's Angel. Frasier's 10, 10 with a bullet. Good. Um, we all know what it takes. TGIF. Yeah. Oh yeah. Boy. Everything else. Something called Union Square. Yeah. Never heard of it. It's all probably right. one of the forgettable throwaway shows they stuffed in between Friends and, yeah. and Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah. People just accidentally. <laughs> Thank you for that, Eric. We are now in 1997. Yeah. yeah. We are all in the middle of high school. Joe just started high school. Yeah, I'm in ninth We're grade. We're in the middle of high school. Yeah. Sure. Um, I started high school as a weird alternative football player. That became best friends with Mark Branstad. And then we became weird English dark people. Darkness of the English mind. dark people? English. English, like, we, we, we really liked reading and shit, all right? Okay. Right. Oh, we were, right, right. Yeah. We were very much into... He said yeah. English. Wore a lot, then we wore a lot of black. Uh-huh. Sure. And then towards the end of high school, I decided to be a raver. Um, Boom! That's where Joe and I's past was across yep. at Gigabeats. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. There you go. <laughs> 
What was your little mutation in high school? Oh, God. Right? Okay, so as established, I was, you know, one good friend in Arizona, Greg Walgast, friend of the show. Uh, the, so this, right at the beginning of this five-year gap, you know, we're excited. We're listening, you know, to further down the spiral, all that stuff. And then my family moves back to California. Um, and then during that time, you know, move back, uh, and I'm deep in industrial and I get even deeper. I start listening to like skinny puppy, deeper, like the nine yep, song right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. skinny puppy, uh, uh, ministry, I, I came FDM. I start really getting into it. Meet a friend. We start a band called first called oral fixation and just changed fixation for, you know, the <laughs> marketability. <laughs> I did all the keyboard and I did all the beats and then he sang and it wasn't good. That was a Shakira record too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, probably, probably owes you money. So yeah. I, so I got deep most of this five year gap. I'm deep into industrial. Um, As am I. 97 hits yep. deep As into it. So like I, like when uh, perfect drug was announced, I paid $30 for a guy to send me a tape. He must have worked for Interscope Records and yeah. just recorded off a of boombox. Yeah. Five different versions that all sounded the same. <laughs> Did you have um, a summer job? Or? Nope. Nope. Oh. Just, I, I think I, I, I mowed lawns for my dad's work buddies. Yeah. And like saved it up and, and yeah. And I remember that, that single... Before you could buy like the it wasn't Lost Highway soundtrack, it wasn't the song, they it had the video yeah. for it that came out in advance of the album yep. and movie release. Yep. They played yep. that. That was like a 96 thing. Yeah, great video. Like, like around, I remember listening to it a lot around like uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas of 96. Yep. yep. Seeing it on MTV, but it's like, hey, from the upcoming Lost Highway soundtrack. Right. And I was like, that's interesting because it's like, and you look for the dates, I'm like, I very much remember this. I know, I know it came out like six months before the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Long before the movie, but it's always listed as a 97 thing, but technically it was definitely out in big... On radio. So one thing we have not mentioned during this five-year gap, I really feel like there was articles in Rolling Stone oh, yeah. spin Alternative Nation that said New Nine Inch Nails coming next year. Yep. New Nine Inch Nails coming next year. For five years. For five yes. fucking years. Yes. Yeah. And so which really made Perfect Drug was like a bombshell. Yeah. Right. Because so, of that hype. And so like I remember, I don't know if this was before The Fragile and after Lost Highway had come out, um, but I remember, like, me and Steve, like, I think they're, like, the internet was churning, like, something is on the way. Right. Like, radio stations are already release, uh, receiving the singles. Yep. Fucking Steve called one of the radio stations, pretending he was John Malm, saying, <laughs> I'm just checking to see if you got the single, so we can try to verify that if it's fucking actually coming on the <laughs> I have not thought about that in four years. <laughs> that is amazing. John Melton Jr. Yeah. 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 I never really did that. Yep. Oh, I remember the end uh, of year spin issue Mark, in 96. You haven't, you haven't brought that up in 20 years. Where yeah. it was like top 40 vital artists in music today. Cover artist was Trent Reznor with, you know, the long hair yep. and the goatee. Looking like Severus Snape. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. With like this weird like Photoshop bath background that looked like a, like a soggy green shower. Yeah. And, uh, Really cool articles because a lot of those artists in there are super on point, kind of yeah. a little left of yeah. center and stuff. Who I would go on to become a very big fan of independently sure. of, of those articles, but he was number one for sure. Yeah, and this would have been like less than a month before the, re the official release of Lost Highway soundtrack. Sure, and, uh, sure. And stuff. If Trent Reznor could like. So like you said, there was a lot of hype, a lot of buzz building about something coming up from him. And again, that makes sense. And he also kept like with, generating it too. He was like, I'm working on it. This is going to be a very complex yep. record. I, like, that whole article he was about like Big that. Sur 
and yep. like did a whole album yep. and then threw it all away. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They talked about that in the article, even in that spin magazine and yeah. stuff too. So it was hyped up. And then obviously that video was already in rotation. Sure. Just like really the video and maybe like, you know, on the radio. Now, one thing that bit. you mentioned like earlier as him being a curator, I really think that, you know, as a guy that he's, he's in at this point, he needs people. Oh, I love you. Yes. He really has affected many people's lives with what he got them into. Yeah. Right. And in this yeah. period, that definitely has a lot to do with yeah, that. So much. Yeah, and, and you know, I with, did... With who, with who he worked yeah. with, to then who he, you know, put together on yeah. these soundtracks. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I went ape shit. I bought everything on Nothing Records. Yep. I got into a lot of, like, more techno stuff. I get it, got into, you know, more guitar-driven... Like, I was all kind of all over the place. Totally saturated. And then 98... Summer of 98 happened, and I got into rap. I got into Wu Tang Clan, which a good point of entry, which is great. Good lord, and I still love them. Yeah. But then I went deep into rap, and by like '99, I was a No Limit soldier. Yeah. Wow. And when the Fragile dropped, he took too much. There's this weird. I still bought it, but I still bought it, but it was not. It was not received on the best ears. Uh, Eric and I were not <laughs> friends at this time. Yeah. So we didn't meet yet. But he became a No Limit soldier, and I became a Hatchet ICP soldier at this time. <laughs> Not a good point of entry. I, I, he has more. Dignity. Still fun. I'm still taking <laughs> yes. myself. I'm what still like negatives. <laughs> yeah, somehow. Yeah, somehow I got had more dignity. <laughs> I mean, I was still holding the torch, man. Yeah, that's great. I was, yeah. Oh, I never. It's great. I didn't deviate. It was. It was funny. Mark and I have been friends for over half our lives, and I was always the guy being like, "I gotta go do this now." For a long time, and he'd yeah. Be like, sure. All right, Steve. Well, I'm gonna be doing what we usually do over here. I'm Mark. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Mark figured out who he was yeah. very early. Steve, you want to rode that train? <laughs> Steve, you want to go yeah. pick up change in the metalcore pit? That's fine. And then Mark, I'm gonna go over here. I'm gonna do this fucking psychobilly thing. Yeah. All right, Steve, I'll be here when you come back. You know. Yeah. And here we that's are doing true. this podcast together. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's absolutely true. Like you were an explorer. That's there's no doubt about that. But I always come home, and that's why the podcast. Yeah. I was, yeah. Very yeah. Much, I was very much the yeah, same when, way. But I again, I think I owe it again to Trent Reznor opening my eyes to, the, to that stuff. You know. Know, listening to like all the all the techno and stuff that I still listen to, you yeah. know, I was like he was very embracing of you know. Well, we're gonna talk about the yeah the perfect drug single. Exactly. Oh yeah, I got <laughs> that's I great. Got yeah, lots, I got, lots I got plenty that. to say about that. And but, let's start which, talking. Okay. Oh, oh, you got something to say? Nope. Let's yeah. All no. Right. Well, what about you? Mark didn't get to do his biography. What are you talking about? The, I, oh yeah, just you just did. Like, like, yeah, I, just, yeah. I was Born constant as like a steady stream. And it's true. And in 2002, when I started working with you, that was our connection. We talked about nine shells for like fucking a month straight. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. I'll talk to Nine Inch Nails, whoever is in earshot. Yep, yep. <laughs> if they have good yeah. things to say, I'll rap along with them. So all that being said, 1997, The Perfect Drug comes out. Mm-hmm. Let's start with our feelings about the movie. Yep. Joe? Okay, yeah, so uh, very early in 97, you know, The Lost Highway, which... Was pretty well, you know, I think the soundtrack and the early, uh, you know, single release of Perfect Drug served as probably the best promotion ever. I, I know that David Lynch wanted this movie to be a, a like a pretty mainstream hit. Um, it, it's it, He was hoping for it. I know that's partially why he agreed, you know, why he wanted to work with Trent Reznor. He wanted him to put together, you know, this album with marketable, you know, rock stars who would fit well with it. And, uh, you know, it was like this neo-noir movie. I kind of think of it as like the first of like the modern era mm-hmm. of David Lynch type movies uh, with the sort of like his disjointed... It was Hollywood. It was Hollywood films. 
Kind of like this one, and then Mulholland Drive. Exactly. Yeah. Those yeah. three is yeah. a Hollywood trilogy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And so uh, uh, it was... Uh, I don't know how well it was received, but I mean, I, I was really excited to see it. I remember seeing it in the theater. Uh, and uh, it was this kind of like neo-noir movie about, you know, uh, a deranged... David Bowie, yeah. a deranged man, you know, go, goes into a fugue state, basically escaping his own reality after basically uh, what killing his wife yep. and uh, pretending he was escaping into his own mind, creating a new identity for himself. Uh, you know, a story of jealousy and uh, yep. you know uh, uh, craziness and, uh, and yeah, hit the it hits those tones really well. Like I was watching it, and even yeah. before I did my. I always do my research on the people that have really dissected the movies, and I could get it was it was jealousy. It was a new identity based on him really killing his wife yeah. because of jealousy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's also kind of a steamy softcore porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, you got uh, that. Uh, I I hate to be a son of a bitch, but um, Mrs. Arquette in that film is uh, nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> Right. Okay, so, uh, yeah, amazing cast also in this movie. Uh, I think it was Robert Blake's last film. Also, Jack Nance's Bla- mm. uh, Twin Peaks. He was that mechanic. Yeah. Pete, yep. Pete Henry Martell. Rollins was in it as a, as a security guard. I G- believe it was Richard Pryor's last film. Richard Pryor was in it. And yeah. I love Richard Pryor. We all love Richard yeah. Pryor, yep. right? Gary Busey. That's right. He That's was right. in it. He yeah. was in the wheelchair. like one or two scenes. Yep. Yeah, Giovanni Ribisi. Uh, it was almost like David Lynch knew he was going to pass away soon. Yeah. And just had to get him in there. Actually, he didn't pass away for another 10 years. Uh, yeah, I think he passed away in like 2000. Well, then he was beyond a state of repair. Six or something. Yeah. Just, yeah. So Balthazar Getty. Yep. Uh, who was also in Pete. Natural Born Killers. Yeah. He was, yeah, he the, was the, the, mechanic the, boy, the mechanic that gets, yeah. that gets uh, it's the worst head I ever fucking got. Yeah, yeah. Eric yeah. knows that because his wife loves him. And then, uh, <laughs> you know. These are. Uh, also, appearances by Marilyn Manson and Twiggy in that snuff film. Yep. Mark kind of looks, or I'm sorry, Eric kind of looks like Balthazar Giddy. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Maybe when my hair was, my hair was big. No. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe in style, but not in any physical way. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, Marilyn Manson's in there. Yeah, so, uh, Because yeah. the same summer he was in Jawbreaker. I enjoyed right. Marilyn Manson's, uh, David Lynch story on the Mark Maron podcast. Was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter. Actually, Mark, if you could get to that clip just to hear where he does that impression. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this movie, uh, you know, it was obviously. A lot of twin. So, we have yeah. a through line tonight. We had Jerry Horning, the crow. Yep. And then we had Michael Madsen and Bizar. Mm-hmm. Like not Michael Madsen, Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. Yeah. So, I know. And then two sides of the same blade. Yeah. <laughs> those, are twi- those are Twin Peaks alumni. Yeah. And then in the actual Lost Highway, David Lynch movie, there's a ton of Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah because it's David Lynch. Right. Um, I, it was, uh, I think, obviously, um, Trent Reznor had at one point approached I think David Lynch, right, to try and do like some kind of music video. He was work trying or to do. He he submitted Reptile for the Fire Walk with Me, right, which got denied. Okay, okay. So there there was some kind of a connection there existing. This finally proved a point where they got to work together uh, on something in some form of collaborative way. Yep, they had a dual Rolling Stone cover. Yeah. Well, speaking speaking of of uh, Fire Walk with Me, this movie really fits into like. The David Lynch, if you were to start with Blue Velvet, mm-hmm. and then kind of take um, 
And then, and then Blue Velvet into Twin Peaks. And then you can even add Wild at Heart in there, kind of. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then Firewalk with me. And then this. And then Mulholland Drive. I think you kind of all have something like total well, similar themes that all connect. There. The, well, fire. Well, this, this, and, and Mulholland Drive have the identity swapping. Yeah. But Fire Walk with Me and this have the same structure where there's like the first third is one story, and most of the second, the the second but two thirds is a different story. Wouldn't you say that all the Twin Peaks stuff, when it comes to Black Lodge, White Lodge, has yeah, identity yeah, yeah, too? the doppelganger stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. So, uh, this is kind of around the era of David Lynch that I'm really like. All right, man. You really have to. I have to be in a mood. Mm-hmm. Like I have to like be in a mood for these things. Yeah, they're a little. It's work. Uh, it's work. Yeah. It's absolute work. This isn't pleasure. This is something you clock in for. Well, um, yeah. at but, a certain point in my life, though, I really liked that work. Yeah. I get. I know. I, I get really it. Really, he's that challenging, work. and sometimes you want to be challenged. Um, but Firewalk with me to also connect some dots here. Um, when that was at Con. Right? Um, it was booed off the stage. People fucking hated it. Mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino was like, this movie is proving that David Lynch has his At head... Con, you mean Comic-Con, right? That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, that this movie proves that David Lynch has his head so far up his own ass, he can't even uh, say which one end is up now. Um, actually, I think Fire Walk With Me is a lot more linear than any no, of this I think stuff. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like I said, this movie uh, kind of really kicked off this current era of him like telling a disjointed sure. story for its own sake, foregoing uh, uh, linearity for uh, an aesthetic or an emotional sensation. Right. Yep. Fire Actually, <laughs> you know what? During this it's phase, almost a series of vignettes to make you feel a sense of dread or mysterious. Right. But uh, he has like this. So David Lynch has this stuff, and then he comes out with the straight story. Yeah. <laughs> which is a so, very special is movie on its own. a straight own. story. It's, it's such a, it's the most G-rated, the most meta title Disney of all movie. time. Yeah, it's, which makes it by default almost his weirdest movie. Sure. Somehow also Fire Walk With Me, at the time everybody was expecting one thing and got the other and that pissed them off. It yeah. has a critical reappraisal now. And I think even yeah. season three of Twin Peaks yeah. just yeah. also has that same no, thing. The Return yeah. is just v- a sequel it, yeah. to the but I think everybody, everybody yeah. likes More than to the show. Now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. back so, this, The second season was... Whew, I never... The at the time, this was like... I knew of Twin Peaks as a team because it was hard to escape it. It was like a CBS hit or whatever. Yeah, was. exactly. I watched I never it. Really my got parents in, watched it. I forced myself to like this because of Trent Reznor. Right. Yep. Right. Me too. And, well, I didn't force myself. I still didn't force myself. No, that's why I, I don't I'm like sorry. this movie. I I'll just pull out and say it. I don't like this movie. But I, at the, I, at the time, I, I would have said I liked it, even if I didn't get it, uh-huh. and now I enjoy it. Sure. But it's because I said I become such a David Lynch nerd, nerd where I'm like, I can put something on. Yes, it's challenging, and yes, it can be annoying. Mm-hmm. But I can put his stuff on and leave it on the background. I think it's great background stuff. Yeah. You don't pay attention to it. The acting that he gets out of his actors, it just doesn't do it for me a lot of times. I feel like they are reading lines. I don't feel like they're actually immersed in the character. Mm. There's only a few times I'll actually be like, you know, Kyle McLaughlin, for example, he nails it in The Return because he's playing two roles. He's mm. actually three. playing three roles if you put Dougie Jones into the mix. However, of of all the movies that we're discussing tonight, this is the only one with Robert Loggia in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Basically, That's with 300 horsepower. <laughs> 300. <laughs> it was 1,400 horsepower. It's basically two Lamborghinis. I don't know, I don't so, know cars. I don't know cars. Uh, basically, Mark doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, like it has uh, elements of like, oh, okay, this is all right. But then, like, it just really swings for the fences. Has Robert Blake doing that sinister laugh? Well, can we Love give can we that. give Robert Blake his parts? Like, 
Robert wow. Lake's haunting. I think Blake, we, yeah. that part with the phone, that scene's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's pretty memorable, and yeah. I think that's the only thing I really can take out of this movie. Him and that um, camcorder, and sure. the fucking kabuki makeup. Yep. Fucking A, yep. man. Yep. Really it's cool. unsettling. And yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's what he goes no, for. He wants moments of that. Right. But they don't make for a cohesive story. Not at all. So kind of forming this other thing almost seems like an afterthought at the end. Like, how do I put these together? Oh, psychic fuse, right? So I, I get right. that. And like then in Mulholland Drive, when they come out of the diner mm. and they see that. Oh, God. The There's guy that essentially could be in like, the return. Yeah. And like the Such guy that's behind the dumpster. That, right. Oh, Haunts me. Such a good and he, he looks like he's one of the woodsmen from yeah, he does. He does. Uh, uh, yeah. The Return. Yeah. Well, Eric, as the biggest David Lynch fan in the room, right? I think I'm behind you. We don't have to rank each other, but I know you're the biggest one, right? Where do you this rank? A uh, D measuring contest? No. Yeah. Where do you actually no, D Lynch measuring contest? I've never, I've never watched Inland Empire, so I uh, what? So, yeah, so I okay, I, so I I'm can't. the biggest fan. Fair I, enough. Okay. I watched Inland Empire once, but it looks like it was shot on a camcorder. Yeah, that's so the whole thing about it. It's rough. Yeah. Where, um, where do you rank this among? Uh, I I enjoy it, but like I said, it does have a bit of the steamy softcore porn feel to it, which I do think detracts. I think actually. I think almost half this movie is sex, which is, yes. When you're 17, that's not a problem. No, when I was 17, it was great. When I saw this movie, my 18-year-old buddy, but the lead singer of Fixation, took me to see this at the K Street Mall, and I, luckily I got in because he was over 18. <laughs> He's my big brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, and, and so I saw it that way. And then it was funny, when it came out on video, I rented it and showed my dad. Oh, no. <laughs> and I, at the time, I don't remember how I felt, but now watching this, I was like, oh, God, I showed fucking Jeff this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the worst it's, of that. Yeah, it's mostly sex, uh, which is a big part of the emotions going going on because it's like that youth all the every all the emotions and jealousy caught into with that that's the only thing that matters i mean i get it it that being said it takes up too much screen time well i think we can all agree then to skip ahead yeah that the soundtrack is way more yes valuable. Yes. yes the soundtrack is absolutely yeah, yeah is way better i get way more out of the soundtrack yeah I, I yeah. mean, the soundtrack still this... takes you on a journey because of how disparate it is from each of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you get the like the Audrey Horn <clears throat> dancing in a, the Black Lodge or dancing yeah. in the Boom Boom yeah. Room or wherever the fuck the Roadhouse yeah, the Roadhouse. Yeah. Um, Bang gang room, or, or her room. trying to sneak into the like the hotel and look through the deck, uh, the jacks, desk. Yeah. Their mansion was really. Co- I think this yeah. movie is actually like visually. I think it's probably my favorite of of Lynch's movies. A lot of good lighting. Yep. He filmed um, it in his own house yeah, his own that house. he designed. He built his Did own furniture watch, um, and stuff. Blue I mean, Velvet is still my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Wild at Heart oh, more Blue than this Oh, Blue Velvet is, is yeah. perfect. I, like Wild, I think visually, I like better I think visually yeah. this one has such a unique look yeah. to it. Because, Dune and there's all the rest. Uh, <laughs> I like Dune. You're biased. I, I like Dune a lot. I have got no problem with Dune. I love yeah. the fact that uh, Denis Vinavelle yeah, he wants to do that one. Yeah, Star Wars for oh, yeah, adults. Yeah, yeah. B- I say I have umbrage on that. Period. I already have Star Wars for adults. <laughs> exactly, it's called, it's called The Last Jedi. Yes, yes, it's yeah. a great guy. Yeah, it movie. is. It is. Yeah. Yep. Um, you hear that internet? It is. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, Lost Highway, ah, pretty good. You, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think it, I like it more. Than I would the rest put of it. Guys. I would put it min, mid to low, but it has a special place in my heart because yeah. I was into it, I was ready for it, I Same. went and saw it in like the theater, Same. and, 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 and it blew my mind. I never saw anything like it. In fact, I even watched Blue yeah. Velvet beforehand <clears throat> to prep for it, 
because I'd never seen Blue Velvet, and that blew my mind. And then this yeah. blew my mind Blue more. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a, that's, Blue Velvet's better. This, this, this was a really good, like, like yeah. conscious introduction to David Lynch. Even though I, you know, I'd seen yeah. Dune, I'd seen Twin Peaks. Yeah. You know, I had seen Dune, but I didn't pants. know it was David Lynch because it was still going by his, exactly. His, it, what, like his I said, pen name it, this was the conscious yeah. David Lynch yeah. thing that I was but ready Blue for. Velvet. So. Oh yeah, and Star Wars: Last Jedi. Star Wars: Last Jedi is not a David Lynch movie. Have Laura Dern in them. <laughs> they do. They do. And she's wonderful. Yeah, she is yeah. wonderful. She is wonderful. Yeah, she's so anyways, anyways, shall we jump into the soundtrack? To the soundtrack. All right. Uh, so, uh, so I'm deranged. Um, I we're all big David Bowie. Fans. Oh yeah. I have a David Bowie tattoo. Um, outside, I like it, but I can only name two songs. It needs to be edited. Oh no, yeah. I know. It's great. It's just the skits. The skits. Does it really have skits on it? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. it has a whole story. It's all this it's like cyber. Oh yeah, and today John got to kettle off the stove. Yeah, and then yeah, decided yeah. It's got a whole thing. It might be the day for rebellion. I think it's. I think it's great for that album. Yeah. Uh, that being said, the songs. It would be half as long if he just had the songs on there. But mm. I mean, outside. The music is outside. Hello, Space Boy. Hello, Space Boy. They're great. Beefs up live. Another. That's the album that reunited him with Eno. Eno. Yeah. Eno. Yeah. And it's just too long. The record's too long. I love. I love every song of that. I like it a lot too. It's. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard the Pet Shop Boys remix of Hello, Space Boy? It's not bad. It's great. It's great. And they actually tie it into the. They tie it into the major. The major Tom storyline. That's good for them. Uh, so in the, in the, in the t- you I'm probably crazy. haven't even watched the last five years yet. I love like just the yeah, funny yeah. how secrets travel. Oh, yeah. I just a, love that line. Oh no, I'm deranged. Such a lush <laughs> fucking opener. Yeah, yeah. yeah. great song. Yeah, Opening credits. Funny how secrets travel. I start to believe if I were to leave. Things guy the man shames his hands built high Cruise me young Cruise me baby And uh so yeah and, and you know again it kinda ties in again with uh, you know, thematically about a deranged person, you sure. know. Yeah. Um, also ties together, you know, David Lynch I'm sorry, uh David Bowie and Trent Reznor who had uh, toured together and, um, uh, you know, getting, you know, using this song and a different edit of it at the end. But, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's pretty cool. Cool way to bring, uh, uh, you know, Eno uh, back to him for the first time since, uh, you know, the Berlin trilogy, really. Yep. Yeah, that's um, right. Old, old sourpuss. And, you know, Eno had been busy. You know, he did a lot of great stuff in between then. David Bowie, you know, was dabbling in movies and, you know, had some... David Bowie didn't do a lot of great lesser stuff. Yeah. stuff. yeah, exactly. So this was kind of like a really a, a time of revival for him. Well, then, this is where, this is definitely where David Bowie got respectable again. Yeah. Exactly. Oh this yeah. Because uh, he, because I mean, really Let's Dance of, is great, but like, uh, you never, never let me down. No. Yeah. And Black Tie White Noise are terrible. Uh, yeah. And then tonight and Tim Machine. uh, Tim Machine's not that. Tim, Tim Machine's oh, tonight's terrible. terrible. And yeah. with this revival, it kind yeah. of put his past work into you know a lens of distance about really how great you know. That body of work was. So. There's a funny scene in that last five years documentary where David Bowie's in like a Minnesota truck stop yeah. and he's looking through the cassette stuff for sale and there's a machine cassette in there. He's like, oh, this is the shit nobody wants to buy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch that yet? No. I haven't watched yeah, it. It's I was, very it good. was great. It's so great. Uh, we're talking about the David Bowie, what was it called? Last five years. Last five yeah. years. It's okay. on HBO yeah. right now. Really Give me a quick... Uh, 
I mean, I mean it's, it, it, it's ne- the next day. Oh no, actually, it's there's a prelude where it's the reality. I kind of all forgot the next day is a good record. Yeah, it's really good. Next day's good. Yeah, uh, the it's first got the reality half is really tour. Really good. Second half is okay. They got yeah. the reality tour. They got the next day. They do a lot with his Lazarus pre- Lazarus play, which is okay. Don't but really then, care about and the then Black play. Star is great. Black Star is great album. Black Star is amazing. Did you guys yeah. know that um, one of the songs off Black Star is used in the show Peaky Blinders? Sure. Is it Have Sue I, in the season of crime? Have you heard the good word from Steve about Peaky exactly. Blinders? He cannot it's stop. His version Have you of watched Bitcoin? He cannot stop himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just he will not Bitcoin. be stopped. Steve's Bitcoin. We can't <laughs> even contain him. Have you heard of my uh, yes the the, the new let's cur- not derail too far the, here. Yeah, the, new, the new currency is Peaky Blinders. Let's let's not <laughs> let's not uh, derail too far. Tom Hardy Blinders. has a great accent in it. Peaky coins. Let's, let, let's get back. Tom so, yeah, track two. We're getting back. Okay, so yeah. I want to watch that documentary. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so we opened up with On Derange. Yep, yep. And then it goes track into... Track two is to Video Drones. Questions. Uh, what? That's it. Video Drones. Questions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, questions. That's It's it's semicolon questions. Well, yeah. Let me ask you guys this. This track and the motherfucker at the end, which is great, um, yeah, are yeah. by Trent Reznor, not Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Why do you guys think... It's his early score work. It's instrumental. Yeah, okay. exactly. He's not. He's not doing it as the full band. It's. Uh, he's not singing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that is. I mean, I've always tried to puzzle that. Like, why do that? Why not just put Nine Inch Nails? Because he has it? instrumental Nine Inch Nails, but. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, this, it was early at this point. You at this know? point, I was, it, it actually because of this, I it made me really wonder. Like, why don't we have more instrumental Nine Inch Nails? You know, we we had a hint yeah. of it in Quake. We got more of it here. Yeah. Well, now you got more than you can deal with now with all the soundtracks. Ghosts. Yeah. Well, the no, soundtracks but, but are called Trent Reznor. Yeah. yeah. The soundtracks are Trent Reznor. But I mean, like nine I said, though, these well, sounded Nine Inch Nails esque. Yeah. They had that quality especially to them. Driver Down. Probably at the time, yeah. he especially wa- Driver yeah. Down. Yeah. But probably at the time, he wanted to separate it. Yeah. As like he wanted to set his name as a composer. Yeah. Which he did with yeah. Driver Down. I mean, technically, Very like that in the video. Yeah. So. Yeah, Video Jones was you know a really cool. It sounds like a whoosh, and then it just goes yeah. into like the next song. And yeah, that's so it. yeah. it's nothing. Yeah, but um, it, you know, it's a soundscape. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, right. it's 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 literally score work so, for our film in service but, of the film. But we've all heard it so many times. We know exactly how long it takes to get to the perfect drug. Oh yeah. yeah. drug starts Fuck you get yeah. pumped every time yeah the perfect drug is such a fun song i mean it's a drum and bass song uh yes like, uh, very much so god I, yeah so this is i love it though i love is, it like the so video much. of it taking the yeah. the lens cap off and then you got that fish eye lens so let's just dive so the perfect drug is the third track in lost Island. let's just do the whole thing all right let me start now, now i was gonna say joe there, uh, joe wanted to be on this episode for many reasons but also this is his shit yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, this is uh, this is definitely you know this was again a big a big single, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this was kind of long awaited. You know, we were all anticipating like the next like proper nine inch nails like thing, right? That had like that name on it, and it was a big single, right? It was it was it was a big one. Uh, 
It's not one of Trent Reznor's favorite songs, and I can understand why. He even said it's not in his top 100. <clears throat> yeah, oh, wow. So Which I really... disagree with. But... Yeah. I would disagree with that, but I would agree it's not one of his best either. In they even have 100 songs? I don't know. But in, in my, li- the, in my, in yeah, my life, I've, I've actually <laughs> thought that this... That this was my favorite song a couple times in my life. Hmm. I go back and forth. I I really like this song. song. Um, so yeah, it's uh, like like Mark said, it's it's uh, it is in its own way a drum and bass song. It uh, which again, if we we'll talk much more about that when we get about this the going to the single remixes of it. Um, the drums, the but it's drum, a product the pr- of nineteen ninety seven because is. of that. The Chemical Brothers were getting big. The breakbeat, the big yeah. beat stuff, uh, which which spawned off of that. The UK, uh, you know, club hits, um, all ties into that. He was very into that, and again, he was always a big supporter of that type of music. Even though it's not what he made, it clearly informed his uh, sensibility. That's why he signed me to Manifesto. Ex- yeah, well, that was also went to Wax Tracks, and though he rescued them from that, so. Um, but yeah, this, this video, I didn't like, I remember the video being like pretty iconic. I don't love it though. Uh, especially since it's Mark Romanek, right? And it's, what did he, he know he did closer, which is like a masterpiece. This album is not a master. I just, this video video is not. I love it. I think it's, I think it's it's a masterpiece. No, I I actually love it. It's funny. This video is very much a few things. (laughs) Uh, apparently everyone discovered Absinthe at that time. Yeah. Yes. It's all about Absinthe. It's of, of which I ordered around a few years later from London, my buddy Jason Hellowell, our buddy Jason Hellowell. Yeah. And, uh, Absinthe wasn't what it cracked up to be. No. Now it's been legal for years. Um, it is kind of, like, I think it looks great. I like the color scheme. It does kind of look like a Monty Python thing. It's a little like, cheesy. Sure. It looks like, like, like Adam's big, family like giant crossed with yeah, big foot. Yeah, looks know. very much like a Tim Burton, but not in the good way. No, sure. um, it's a little cheesy, so, but I yeah, I love the I video, love but it. I can see where Joe's. Coming. Yeah, no, absolutely, and absolutely. you know, and he, also Mark like yeah. he definitely looks like um, Professor Snape. Yeah, yeah, and a distinct yeah. break from you know the 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 Potter. grinding mechanical decaying machine. Of you know the the downward spiral era. It was this was thing. a break from yeah. it. Well, what what's cool is like okay, so there's two there's two drum beats going on. Yeah, and one of them is that drum and bass kind of thing, and then one is a regular drum set. Uh, that breakdown towards the end is amazing. Yeah, um, and then but then it cuts to a very organic sound which he wasn't messing with before that. Which is like the dun, 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 yeah yeah plucking those violins. Yeah yeah, like, which was like, which was like actually guitars, yeah. pretty. It's pretty cool. new for them, and they would go yeah. more in that direction. Well, in the, the video, they had I, I love in the video when it starts. Yeah, they have the, that part with the yeah. the they're playing it on violins yeah. and, and you know mandolins or whatever, yeah. and it's actual Nine Nails members yeah. dressed yeah. up in old Victorian garb. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's it's silly, but at yeah, the that's time, Danny I don't know, Loner, it's great. Uh, Chris Renner, I think Chris Renner and Charlie. I, I love in the yeah. enclosure when they call Danny Loner Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, like, one thing I like about that video is that this is something that. We're all dads now. Yeah. We've all been dads for you guys longer than us. We're all dads. I do like in the video, it has like this sense of like, he had, he didn't have a kid at the time. Yeah. But there's that little kid in it. And it's almost like a little kid, something happens to him or something. Yeah. Like the sense of loss and stuff, like right. now affects me much more if I watch it than it did then. Sure. Right, I think. Yeah, no, I agree you know, with that. I think they really convey that well. Yeah. And you know, famously... This song, he didn't have a lot of time to do. You know what I mean? This kind of project kind of came together, and he was tasked with, you know, picking other artists that were popular and viable, you know, in the alternative scene, but could work well together on this. And, you know, 
so I think he kind of uh, didn't get to really labor over this song mm. it, because it was part of, it was in service to another movie and also a collaborative effort. And I think given that, it stands out really well. And it is unique amongst, you know, this time frame. You know, it, it really crystallizes its own time. I think it probably says a lot about where he was uh, personally at that time. And also says a lot about How do you follow up that time. kind of success uh, from the previous album, you know, uh, well, when there's so much anticipation yeah. and it comes to this? So uh, for all its strengths, I mean, it's not, it's not, I wouldn't say it's one of my real favorites. But I can also see why it's ex- extremely important. I also like the fact that the drum and bass was popular at the time. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I don't know how... Not in America, it wasn't. Not quite. It was getting... But, but like, he, you know, he's ahead of the curve. This was the era of, yeah. like, the train spotting, train Electronic, it was getting popular. Absolutely. 97 was the year it broke out. He got all out of his system out. with this song. Yeah. In that single, that, that's absolutely. What I like. I'm like, there's, well, there's, and there's, the single, obviously, yeah, the remixes. There's, a, there's yeah. an alternative reality. There's a uh, there's an there's an Earth two, where he goes in that direction for two albums. Like, yeah, we didn't need that. Yeah, right. so this, this is fine. Should we hit the single really quick? But, but, well, but we will. Yeah, yeah. We one thing I do that. like about this, this is basically this is two songs. It's the first half of the song, which yeah. is you know you are the perfect drug, but the second half, uh, the this part's yeah. edited out of the video. Yeah, we're right before the drum. Solo. Without you, yeah, uh, no, no, not that there's, part. There's, he's there's talking this, about. Like, there's like this. It's like the Terminator's chasing you down a corridor. Techno breakdown. Like that part's yeah. amazing. And then it goes into what Mark and I would actually be like the Mad Drummer sequence, where right. it's just it's Animal like, at the Muppets yeah. show. Just yeah, like, it's like bah, bah, bah. Two, it's two like drum solos layered <laughs> over each other with an, with also a electronic drum beat. Yeah, and then works. the third part. Yeah, that's my favorite the, part of the song. Without you, where it decays. Yeah, that's great. So the whole the from the midpoint on, the song is just so great. Yeah. I love the song. I, think I love it. I love it. It's like I said, it's one of my favorites. People so, yeah. thought that the reason that they would never play live was because of that, the complicated. But they always drums. had two drummers. But he just doesn't but like it. Just doesn't like yeah, it. Yeah, he doesn't like it. He oh, they can, they can strip it down angry. and make it work if they want to. He also doesn't like laughs. He said that they've tried it. The unsexy answer is it just doesn't sound that good live, and it's hard to sing. And it ends up making me angry, so we don't do it. There you go. All right. Yeah. Well, On top of the fact team. that he doesn't love the song anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. But he knows that there's a large contingent of fans that do love yeah, it, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like I yeah, said, it was a major hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, It was a pretty big hit. And, uh, you know, if you were of the age where you maybe missed out on, you know, uh, three years earlier, you know, when Downward Spiral happened, you know, then this was kind of like your big intro to so, Nine Nails. So. To the single. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Joe, take point so again. So Halo 11? Halo yeah. 11. Yeah. yeah. Also, you need, so the yeah. single. Uh, I'll let Joe take over in a second. The single was five remixes. Yep. yep. The original tracks not not on even there. on it. Not yeah. even on it. And then it's five remixes, and they're all very electronic. Yep. This was definitely going into yeah that that. I remember DJ uh, Ravy. Yeah. Uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Seth Aston. Um, I remember going over to his house, and he would play Wipeout XL on the PlayStation. Yeah. And you, on the PlayStation, you're able to take the disc out and play it in the CD player, and then put the CD like in after there. it loaded. Yeah, yeah, after yeah. It you, loaded. Could, you could keep if you kept the button depressed. Right. It would think it would it just loaded off of it and you could play anything because yep. again Redbook audio so it would just stream it from the disc. Yep. And so he put this soundtrack in and I remember him doing listening to the Perfect Drug Nine Inch Nails version, yeah. not the, the remix Nine Inch Nails version to Wipeout XL. So when I went back and revisited this, all I could picture was Seth playing Wipeout <laughs> XL. Great. And what an amazing game that was! But another another time we can talk about that. So another what about this? Game, what about the single, soundtrack. Joe? Yeah, so this single, 
is kind of, I feel like, kind of unique amongst, like, you know, it is an official Halo, mm -hmm. uh, but it had, you know, it was purely for remixes, and these were fairly big-name artists, you know what I mean? This was stuff, again, that he was, high, you know, highly curated selection of, of artists on here. Uh, even if all the songs are not great on it, all the remixes are not great, um, the artists involved are pretty important, at least in this Did time you, frame. Do you have them down? Of course I do. Yeah, yeah I, I like almost all the remixes. Almost all the remixes. I like very few like of one. the remixes, but I love all the artists. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, uh, and again, I think it's it, it's a testament to like you know, it's a drum and bass song. It's what he was feeling. It's where he was. It's what was happening. You know, it, in the UK, hip hop never really happened. This was like you know, this was like hip hop in the UK. Drum and bass was black music. It was club music, and. Um, you know, it built around the uh, the amen break. You know, the drum beat is kind of like the backbone of the entire genre. Uh, from uh, 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 who's it? The Winston's. You know that drum break. Can you uh, try? Can you try to mimic that drum beat? Oh yeah, I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, it, it, <laughs> he's much better at it than I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, called the Amen Break from the song Amen Brother. That's like the loop. It kind of kicked off the whole thing, and it, it, it was just like, it's interesting that an entire genre can really literally be traced back to that. And furthermore, even one of the first people who was doing that was Meat Beat Manifesto. Mm. Ahead of the curve again uh, with that. They were more experimental, highly sample-based, uh, but what they were doing really, I wouldn't say they invented it, but, uh, but yeah, Meet Beat so Manifesto. To, so to that, yeah. um, Meet Beat Manifesto, Jack Dangers. Yep. Was Meet Beat Manifesto one guy or was there? There's two. There's two? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I love, I love they were on Nothing Records. So yep. the Little Sandwich was on Nothing Records and yep. that is an amazing album. Yep. Yep. They're, they're pretty much impeccable. Yeah. Um, I love Meet Beat Manifesto. Exactly. And, uh. Very much, again, a UK uh, band, uh, you know, electronic experimentalists. A lot of drum and bass, but, like, with, like, reggae over it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, yeah. Seems uh, like the kind of thing that, yeah. back at the time, yeah. I would have bought, and I did, because it was nothing. Dub and bass, with a lot of samples. Yeah. A lot of, like, sci-fi movie samples, yeah. a lot of that kind of early they, ravey they, they, thing. At the time, I would have been like, oh, this is okay. I probably would appreciate a lot more now if I yeah. listened to it. Yeah, I yeah, it's, I gave I gave Subliminal Sandwich a listen recently and it's fantastic. It's, yeah, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, it's really, so really good. Uh, this uh, this track <laughs> is you know I think their their remix is really good because it's it's more Meat Beat Manifesto than Nine Inch Nails mm -hmm. and I think that's probably what he wanted right. Yeah. He picked these artists because he's like this is like this is a dancey drum and bass song. I want to put it back. I want to see what we could do. What would happen if you put this in the club, right? So working with these artists, for better or worse, you know, he was. I think he was hoping for stuff more along this line than a lot of what else is on the soundtrack. Uh, Actually, on you're right. Mix. I like that one, and I like the Luke Vibert plug, the plug remix. Plug. Yeah, those two because so, Luke Vibert was Luke the, Vibert, Wagon Christ. Uh, the plug was on nothing. Carrier District. Yeah. Drum and bass for Daddy was a was yeah. a Nothing Records release, and that was I think drum that and was bass. It. I think that was, that was the only, only one they yeah, did. Yeah. yeah, and that and he that that's what he does. So his his remix is pretty solid. Luke Vibert is one of the most one of the more interesting art. You know, he's got mm -hmm. like a dozen different you know monikers that he records under and these are all like separate identities you know he's got like the wagon christ stuff which is really like kind of funky and jazzy this has a lot of uh funky jazz stuff in it too um but i don't know that it that it really necessarily lends itself very well to the single personally uh but again i am a big fan of luke viber not a great not a great fan of this particular remix 
uh, in the greater scheme of, of uh, Nine Inch Nails reworks. I'm actually not crazy about the Nine Inch Nails remix. Or That's the, the only one that really hangs with me. Really, yeah. yeah. So that one's interesting, right? Because again, drum and bass, that one Speeds sounds it up super and it sound but it's very minimal. That one starts out with the where so it's much so you, much like it, it's really slowed so down. So much percussion. Uh he did this one with what Keith Hillebrandt. Um right. has that really cool like uh keyboard ending kind of like glitchy sound at the right. end. But the, the, the drums and stuff like that are very sparse and very sharp. It sounds like a song by Fotech, which was, he was kind of a very, uh, you know, a, mm -hmm. a pretty big deal in 96. Uh, his first album, Modus Operandi, was a pretty big deal for drum and bass in general. It was one of the early crossover hits. One of the early, uh, I believe Astral Works released it over here. Um, and uh, and I think he was definitely vibing on that. And uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that that was also one of the artists who remixed. You know, late. I'm cutting ahead a little bit, but the I'm afraid of Americans remix. It's not a coincidence. Uh, and I'm sure he was feeling that. And so I think that's that track kind of stands out. It's also interesting to see Trent Reznor. Uh, you know, try to make his own take on that genre further by remixing his own song more directly into that. Uh, so I think it's very interesting. Because, you know, he doesn't make straight club songs. And this was kind right. of one of the closest times he kind of did something a little bit like that. Mm -hmm. Directly dancey. So I think it's pretty, uh, it's it's valuable in the context of the single. In the context of 1997 and the time. Um, and then what was next? The Orb. The Space Time Continuum. Oh, right. That was, that was Jonah Sharp, isn't it? Yep. Yep. That's the one that I really like. Okay. On this whole thing, that one kind of has a tangerine dream. It has that cool music box. It has the music box bong, thing going bong. on. And it yeah. has this uh, these really cool like jazzy sharp drum staccato yeah, kinda, drums. So the the, the it, go, it goes tangerine dream for a while, and then it settles into like an acid jazz. Blues. Acid. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Acid house. Yeah, jazz. You Which know, I really, I, if I, I had to put a single artist that it sounds like to me that that's maybe recognizable, maybe like in the like the greater. Uh, lineup of like Warp Records or something, right? Again, no strange, you know, uh, Wagon Christ and, and you know Luke Vibert. Uh, sounds like Plaid or Black okay. Dog. I don't know if you're familiar with I'm those familiar guys. Plaid. Yeah, so like their earlier stuff, and again, what previously before one of the members left, they were called Black Dog. Mm -hmm. uh, really awesome album called Spanners, worth worth uh, looking up, by the way. Uh, Mark and Eric, but uh, that remix is what I would affectionately would call that's Matt Thomas music, <laughs> I believe. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's like it's a uh, it's like <laughs> twelve rounds. Of it's like a minimal <laughs> minimal UK acid house, but very melodic and uh, more listenable than danceable. Yeah. Uh, but but really but really kind of mellow. And that uh, brings us to the closer, which is by the Orb. Orb. There, well, yeah, the Orb. Um, I love the Orb. My most. Did you uh, ever see them live? No, I wish. Alex Patterson kind of disappeared. He came back like 10 years ago, did a really weird, like, minimal album, uh, like, on Compact. Was it always one guy? Or? It's primarily the one guy. Um, Orb is probably one of the most important, I would say, as far as, like, uh, you know, the UK uh, rise. Post-Acid, uh, they kind of invented, like, the whole, like, chill-out thing. Um like you know like in 1990 like the very down tempo the chill out room the rave room after you know the 3 a.m you're coming down 
It's the more relaxing music, very spacey, very sample based. Uh, That's how we're gonna feel in about two hours on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this uh, this remix, I think, is total shit. Like it sucks. Uh, I hate it so it's not much. A good, it's not a good one. It's, Which it's, one is this? This is the orb. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, such a such a great artist. Obviously, took the money and um, just you know here you go. Uh, you know, popped it in the mail and uh, was done with it. And it's it's a shame that they didn't do something that 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 uh, nothing better came out of this. I'm sure you. He picked the orb for a reason. It's disappointing. It's like I, I don't know. It's it's very weird. The orb was also one of those thi- one of those projects though that was very much its own thing. It wasn't about remixing. It was about sampling disparate things and making new and uh, psychedelic with them uh, out of electronic. And I don't think that remix work is at all part of what they were trying to ever do. Uh, so it makes sense. Uh, I can't even say I'm disappointed because like you know. Trent Reznor created so much incredible music. The Orp created incredible music. This is not part of either of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, the disappointment is just that it was I'd mutual- like to think something better could have come of it, but maybe it's just too different. It was a mutual beneficial shag. Yeah, exactly. Um. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it was. It, it's a name to put on the disc and, uh, you know, whatever. Sure. And then there was also an Aphrodite remix, and this is absolutely the legit club tune on here. Uh, Aphrodite was like just you know cranked out you know twelve inch you know club club tracks, but very much. <laughs> not that, was not that even, on the single or was that no, separate? It's not. Was it, it was a separate one then? Okay, okay. I think it was a what? Let's try this. It might have been on the vinyl version. It, I think it might have been yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's uh, you know it's um, cucumber water and gin. It's oh. pretty cool, but I mean it's also it's it's the most straight up drum. I mean you know Aphrodite. He was part of uh, Goldie's no, Metalheads collective, so kind of like probably the single largest you know driver, even beyond like Roni size or whatever. You know, it's probably uh, Goldie as far as like UK uh, drum and bass, dub and bass. Uh, so Aphrodite did that remix, and it's you know it's a cool track. But again, it's, listen to that. it's very yeah. 1997. It's almost anonymous uh, club track. It's just legit club track but it you know there's 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 you can you can identify the perfect drug within it but so that's the that's the dalliance uh you know that we that, it's the only halo we, we got in this uh this episode oh, no, that's, true. So yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's the perfect drug single yeah when it came out single. at the time i didn't know what to do with it but i had to buy it yeah. yeah and also by the way we had joe here because he's a dear friend of ours and he wanted to be part of this episode for all this other stuff we're talking about all that stuff he just rattled off he didn't research that <laughs> that is all in his head. That's, yeah, dude, yeah, that's his thing, man. Yeah. I'm pretty. So, yeah, I'm pretty. Thank well you for versed. that history lesson, sir. I'm pretty yeah. well versed that. in the electro kind uh, of spectrum and, and and history of that. It's again, but I, again, that that ties back to Nine Inch Nails. I mean, mm-hmm. the, you know, he he made it cool to. Oh, you can listen to angry, you know, music and then also really appreciate the beauty of a good drum machine <laughs> and a sampler and yep. uh, what can be done with it. You know, so I was like, oh, you know what, I can. Yeah, so. Just chewing on his nails. In a what? Yeah. Who? <laughs> Mar or uh, Murdoch? Oh yeah. <laughs> so okay, so let's get back though to the rest well, of the Lost Highway. Back on track. Yeah. yeah. The first of many. A lot of the seat. The um. Can we? Are we gonna go through every Angelo not, and not Barry? No, okay. Not 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 for not no not not the, all. The of pattern them. the or, album well, the quickly. pattern the pattern the album gets into from here on out is kind of real song to uh, bad of many songs. So or, 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 Barry Adamson. Adamson. The yeah. Adamson songs are the highlights, can I say? Yeah, I completely agree. The, Thank Mr., you. Okay. the Mr. Eddie songs are so freaking oh, good. Oh, yes. 
Yeah. So you got red yeah. bats with teeth. Red is, bats with teeth. Which red is, bats with teeth. In the movie, it has that scene with the crazy saxophone. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I liked it in the movie. I liked it in this. The intensity of built. Dub driving was a good. It was a good Adam. Yeah. It was the. It was a very followed by haunting and heartbreak, which is kind of an ethereal twin peaksy song. Yes. Yes. And there's a scraping classical kind of at the end. Main characters pork one. Main main characters pork two. Main characters pork three. So we get through those, and we get to one of the highlights of just Absolutely. highlights of this album and highlights also of Billy Corgan's Agreed. Oh, yes. Yes. Which so Discuss I, yes. is a great Smashing Pumpkins It is my favorite Smashing Pumpkins song. So fucking good. It might be my favorite Smashing Pumpkins It's definitely my favorite. I never turn it off. I never skip it. It's it's so good. I I loved it as much as a teenager as I do now. Yeah. I like it, It's no beginning is the end is the beginning. That's a good song. That's a good song. (laughs) Yeah, it is a good song. The fast and the slow version are good songs. Yeah, yeah. Is it right where you are? Oh, I man. is really that Watchmen special. trailer that came well, out. Oh, and I remember, <laughs> I was Billy Corgan was messing with electronics. Yeah, but even before that, when the airplane flies high, high single came out, there was a couple instrumental B sides, box set like yeah. uh, Destination Unknown. Yeah, and some other stuff that mm-hmm. kind of messed with the same idea. But I was the best executed executed for sure. This is the one that me and the missus can agree on. Uh, it's a good she, one. My wife is a big Smashing Pumpkins yeah, fan, no. in spite of. Uh, Crazy old man Billy uh, going off the rails a bit in recent, in in recent years. Elmo, but you know. No, definitely not, but definitely yeah. disappointing. Uh, but this song is always going to be a classic. It's yeah. it's you know this kind of like new wavy uh, song ever, and it's following up you know like right off of '96, which was arguably their biggest year ever. Yeah, uh, a totally different again like Nine Inch Nails turning in a very different man. feel. Oh, I, saw, yeah. I saw them That's in concert this year at Arco. Though. And garbage opened. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. This is all, Almost this is every all, kid in my right. school yeah. seemed like this is a, a, a I didn't see it, but everyone else. Wings. This yeah. is a precursor yeah. to Adore, which is a good album. Yeah, it's um, yeah. That was because Jimmy Chamberlain like uh, did a heroin overdose with the yeah. keyboardist, and then he got kicked out of the band, and then they just totally. I like the song Ava uh, 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 Adore. I do. No, yeah. that's, that's a good yeah, song. Good yeah. Song. Um, and this kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, this is the first yeah. song after he got booted out of the band. But this like really yeah, kicked Chamberlain, it off, yeah. and this song is really good. Um, the sound of it is really good. Now and, uh, we try yeah. not to always believe what we read in Wikipedia, but I have to. I pulled something up. Billy Corgan's mo- uh, producer suggested he collaborate with basketball superstar and rapper. <laughs> no, this is true. This, this is, is true. true. He Hill actually yeah, did I talk about this. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. So Billy Corgan began to work on "You Can't Stop the Rain." 
which was a, uh, a Shaquille O'Neal album. S- yeah. Sequel to Shaq Fu? And the album fell through. Shaq Fu was a video game. And so David Lynch yeah. sure wanted David or Billy Corgan to be on the album. Yeah. And he said, hey, Trent, can you get Billy Corgan on this album? Kurt Ezra said, yeah, why not? And he took something he started with Shaquille O'Neal and made the beat. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Glad brilliant. he didn't waste that on some Shaq rap. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah. what, what he should have at least saved it for a Chris Chris It's Robert's literally album. my <laughs> favorite Smashing Pumpkins That's a great song. song. By, yeah. by, 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 yeah, there's not, there's nothing that it really approaches the, the it for me. The vocals are great. Um, the uh, melody is great. The, the haunting, great. uh, yeah. How it all end, kind of uh, the deconstructs end, yeah. the end. Yeah, it's the, great. The, 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 the operatic stuff towards yeah. the end is good yeah it's, a great it's, song. it's so good yeah i'm such a fan of it i'm really glad it exists uh and what a fun place for it to be on this soundtrack you know it's it's an oddball song it wouldn't have fit on any other proper album so and i've seen him play it live oh. too but he does yeah. it without all the keyboards they so. still play it live yeah. they play it it's in money their sets yep yep so. I, I i saw them play it at the crest it was also uh 97 they played it at the ago. bridge school benefit with uh twiggy and uh, marilyn manson Ah, mm-hmm. see? Well, there you go. So it must be a pretty special one to him, too. Uh, so we, the, yeah. the next drive... Uh, the Dub next Driving. Dub Driving, which is... A Barry Angelo. Adamson. No, it's, that's Angelo Badamenta. Ba- yeah, that is. Badalamenti. That's that boo-boo. No. Are you sure it's not Barry Dub Driving is... Because Mr. Eddie's theme by Barry Adamson follows up. Oh, you're right, you're right. That's like the jazzy thing that... This is where mechanics... Yeah. One hundred thousand horsepower pays this, off. I think this one's probably. Yeah. My fa- I think Dub Driving is probably my favorite. Then my favorite of the um, of the Battle of Yeah, it sounds like a Peter Gunn track. It's not like a exactly. Hunter. Yeah, it has this kind of a, but it also has like this like Southern Gothic kind of growl to it that I like, yeah. and it's a little bit trip hoppy with the blues guitar. But it, I revisit it whenever I listen to the album. Like usually a couple times, I'll start it over and listen to it again. So that's um, a good one. Yeah. And that leads into yes. a song that actually makes me cry sometimes, which is Lou Reed's cover of This Magic Moment. Wait, wait, wait. We didn't talk about the Mr. Eddie's theme. That's, that is the very, that, that's, we did. The Peter Gunn song. Oh, we were talking about. Oh. I, we're talking about two different things. Oh, I, dub driving. And I was then, talking about the dub Mr. driving Eddie. one. Mr. Eddie one was yeah. the, the one with the Robert Loggia sample yes. at the beginning. And that's the one that the the, 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 wow. imaginary, the imaginary car that has uh, 1,400 yeah. horsepower. Uh, when in actuality it was like a black late seventies Mercedes, yeah. uh, like four fifty SE. Uh, Let's take a drive. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know that that sample kind of defines it, but uh, it's a uh, it's it's a fun one. I I really liked Barry Adamson. I like that he had a prominent placement in a lot of tracks on this album. Um, yeah, he's good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry. So well, yeah, he wrote he wrote the uh, all the Laura Palmer's theme and uh, the the Battle I thought that Angelo did. No, no Angelo, that was Angelo yeah. Battle. I get them mixed up all the time. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, uh, yeah, but so we go on to Magic Moment, which is a great Louis Reed song. Great it's a cover. Great cover. It's. Different and so new was like any other until I met you, and then it happened. 
That drumming that song guitar in it makes me emotional. Yeah. Uh, I listen to it sometimes, and I honestly like it. Makes me think of how much I love my wife, which is I'm sorry. <laughs> but, no, it's about to, That's it, good. It's just yeah, uh, he's about to lose that, it. That, there's that part. It's it's a cover. Of an old, like, 60s dance, staple or something. The Drifters, yeah. The Benny Drifters. King and the Drifters. And that part, and the, it's funny because... But written by Doc Pomus, and he wrote it as part of a tribute album uh, to Doc, the guy who wrote who actually wrote that song. It's a pretty, like, old-timey faithful cover, but at the same time, in the background, there's Lou Reed drones going on yeah. throughout the entire thing. That's cool. But um, that part where he slows it all down and goes, you know, sweeter than wine... Softer than a summer's night. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I love it when he slows it down in the middle of the yeah. song. I love some Lou Reed. I love Transformer. I love stuff. But like in the 80s and 90s, he started just talking through songs. Yeah, just right. Talking. He's not singing. He's just, he's, not ta- he's just talking. Standing on the corner. That's what I'm doing right now in New York. I'm standing on the corner. <laughs> it's not actual lyric. Don't quote me on that. But... But this he actually put his heart into and sang, and it was like, great. Yeah, I love the song. Some, uh, I love the song. Uh, yeah, As such a Tom Waits fan, why do you have a problem with talking? Yeah. Tom Waits only would have like one or two tracks an album uh-huh. where he'd just talk through. Sure. Because that song is like, when he's doing his thing, don't, Tom Waits... Don't defend him. I, it's just so different. I mean, I, okay. I can see how they'd yeah. be in the same boat He would do the same Circus. Trip. That was one song on one album where he talked through it. Every song had one spoken word track, except for Foreign Affairs, which I don't like that album, which is all spoken word. It's all beat. I love Tom Waits. Don't get me wrong. Jesus Christ. I love Tom Waits. I was just trying yeah. to bust Derek's balls. Yeah, well. Um, but that that, that, that Lou Reed song is great. So and, then uh, we get two more instrumentals. And also, Lou Reed was kind of enjoying like a mid-90s revival at this point, too. You know, they, they did the remaster of the uh, the remastered uh, Velvet Underground right, album. Right, it's probably around the time they did the reunion tour, too. He featured prominently on like the, uh, you know, the train spotting soundtrack, at, uh, right, you know, the summer before this. Oh, right, uh, uh, Perfect Day. And yeah. uh, oh, that perfect, uh, that's a great that's song. That's a too. great so, song. Yeah. Good guy. It, it's very fitting. You know, he belongs timeline wise on this, but also kind of like thematically. <laughs> I was listening to the Train Spotting soundtrack one time in my room. This is when I was living at home, and uh, my dad pops his head in. What the hell are you listening to? Are you gonna commit suicide? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> perfect day is a great song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Might as well play it at my funeral. God, I don't. I don't. I think of that as a as a very uplifting song. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. But I mean, like, I don't it's know. used contextually in film to a different effect. But I don't feel yeah. like it's inherently like a sad song. I think no. it's it's great. I, yeah. It's great. It's it's like a it's like a brief glimpse of appreciation of life. And yeah. even if it's sad, from an otherwise sad person, even if it's sad, it's, that that one a, moment is a beautiful exactly, moment for them. So. Exactly. I think it's a sweet yeah. song. So we all agree that that's a great cover. And that's a great yeah. cover. Yeah. Sorry. To, uh, back yeah. when I worked at Carl's Jr. Yeah, <laughs> Carl's Jr. Bros. There was a uh, old, right. old, tall, fat man with no teeth that lived in a trailer park named Don. And he used he was a notorious drunk and just a weird guy that had stories about sex with little women that would bother me. Weird. But one day I was listening to this when I was doing dishes, and he's like, "What is that?" What? It's just this old this Lost Highway soundtrack. He's like, "No, that's they took a beautiful song and they made it." It's a pretty good version of that song. <laughs> and this old guy that was like 30 years older than me and about... He was half- trying to figure it out halfway through his... his yeah, his tremors. there that it was he actually okay. a moment of clarity. It was actually okay. Uh, <laughs> I really like that cover. Um, so yeah, then you got another Barry Adamson song, Mr. Eddie's Theme 2. Had a James Bond kind of intro. <laughs> jazzy yeah. organs throughout it. Really liked yeah. it. 
Then Fred and Renee make love, which is another Angela Battle of Menti song. Another interesting one where it's like, I feel like they just lifted it right out of the movie. You know, it's like the score background with like their heavy breathing. Right. Um, Yeah. I I want want you. Yeah. And then so the next track is from one of probably. Yeah. When I rank my top 50 bands, they're in the top 25. Yeah, Marilyn Manson. Apple of Sodom by Marilyn Manson. I love this me song. Both, both Manson songs are great. It's such a weird song. I am it a is. Big it's fan so of it. bizarre. It is very like quiet and restrained. Yeah, it's very it's very sparse. Yeah. It makes you sound like you're wandering into the woods and you get accosted by a gremlin. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's just you're in the dark woods and there's just things on your periphery that you hear mm-hmm. and you can kind of see like maybe eyes yeah. like looking at back there's at you. Like weird it's creepy a weird creepy machine the made of pulleys and Marilyn, levers. Yeah. Marilyn Manson's yeah. made a cartoon character. He's been a cartoon character. I, well, also, but his voice in this song, it's all say, over the place. I, I love like, it. It makes great. us forget he's a great vocalist. He's an amazing vocalist. This song is one of the best vocal, examples. Voice, the, you've got something you can never eat. It sounds like a gremlin just jumping in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really fun track. I'm, I'm, I, I really like Apple song. I don't know. Yep. Was it recorded? I should have looked this up. Sorry, listeners. It was... Was uh, it recorded for this album, or was uh, it... Yes, I believe... So. Well... So this is the no, first... No, I think they fil- they recorded like like the summer before... So you guys probably both read Sean Beaven was on it. The yeah, Marilyn Manson book. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Read so it. there was some hay around this time between Marilyn Manson and Trent Reznor because, according to Marilyn Manson, Trent Re- uh, David Lynch and uh, Marilyn Manson were in communication before, and he uh, uh, that. Marilyn Manson was going to do the soundtrack. That wouldn't have been that good. Of a that soundtrack. would not have been very good. And no, uh, Trent swooped in uh, when that sounds more like malarkey to me. Yeah. Right, but I if you go back and look in the autobiography, there was definitely some hurt feelings around mm-hmm. this particular, and that was start, kind of the beginning of the falling out between Trent Reznor and Marilyn Manson until they re. Uh, Got back together. So because of this, we got Starfuckers. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, but then even after Starfuckers, I think they quote unquote broke up again because one wanted to be an adult and the other wanted to be a cartoon character. Right. You know? Yeah, I don't know if there's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Drugs think are a hell of a drug. I know, you know? exactly. Yeah. The perfect drug yeah. for ruining yeah. friendships. But that song is a great song. <laughs> uh, that song, yeah, is a, is a unique... The, the weird, and, uh, like, just percussion of just the, the use of some kind of bell. Ding, it's, yeah, ding, it's good. Yeah, the whole thing good. from beginning to end, it's it's one of my favorites. Uh, and then I love how it goes right after it. Allegedly about some obsession he had with Fiona Apple, possibly. I don't know if there's yeah. any merit to that. Is it really? That. That's just what I've read. I don't know if there's any truth to that. That's wild. Here's the thing. I don't really get into the personal lives of the artists I like. It always disappoints me. So I try mm-hmm. to stay out of it. There's When people tell me, like, would it surprise you to know if Trent Reznor did this? I'm like, it wouldn't surprise me. But I also wouldn't give a shit. Oh, uh, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I would have to say, like, if he was, like, doing a Harvey Weinstein behind the scenes, it would be really hard I for can't me to separate that. it. Oh, God. With all the other... God damn it. Don't put that idea yeah. in my head. I don't want that to ever be but, a possibility. But, you know, it is the reckoning right now. Oh, I mean, God. shit, like, even your heroes. But, I like... Know. 
I feel like it, out of all the people out there, he seems more genuine than a lot of people. And that yeah, would, right. That wouldn't add up. Yeah, right. You know, it, I, I mean, I, it was I, disappointing when Tweet or was, yeah. was already white. I was, I was like, like, oh, oh one of my childhood heroes is really good. He's, he's like a such a serious person that I, I think he'd be too awkward to yeah. flirt with someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Let alone be inappropriate. Totally. So it goes I don't think his personality would allow for it. The next track right. is by Antonio Carlos Ovim. Oh, yeah, what a fun and, one. This is a tropical and, yeah, Brazilian jazz. Which is just... Doom, dun, doom, yeah, this doom, could have easily yeah, been on an Ultra Lounge sampler yeah, uh, at the yeah. same era. Yeah. Which it's like was, a breezy little tune. You yeah. know, and that was a whole thing that was happening in 96, 97, too, I should say. That whole uh, cheese ball like lounge revival kind of thing happening. Which definitely leads into another Barry Ad- Adamson song. Absolutely. Um, Something wicked this way comes. Which the spooky little the uh, the uh, classics four sample spooky little girl like you, that's a fun uh, that's a fun little trip hop kind of uh, song. Um, I really enjoy that that Barry Adamson track. Uh, it's it's timely again for the era that that kind of down tempo uh, trip hop kind of sure. almost easy listening sort of thing. But then again, you know, I mean. Um, you know, you could you could picture it as much on this album as you could imagine hearing it on like the Quiet Storm. You know, like you know that kind of a smooth jazz radio station. They used to play, you know, the Twin Peaks theme all the time mm-hmm. on that station. I remember when I was a kid in Sacramento, my mom would listen to that shit. The uh, huh. KSSJ ninety four point sure. seven smooth jazz, the city, and they would literally <laughs> on Saturday morning. I'd like wake up. Run for the funny pages. <coughs> Their saxophone was. Like My mom would be like, you yeah. know, reading the newspaper, just listening to the radio in the living room, and it would. I would hear the Twin Peaks theme song perpetually. They played it all the time. Yeah. Uh, so it makes sense that that kind of feel is on this, you know. Uh, but I like I like that song again. I I always kind of come back to the Barry Adamson songs. Aside from the pop hits on this song, uh, I really enjoy. Yeah, those are the, those are the the highlights of the. They uh, always com- stand out to me. Composed music. Sure. So and that leads us right into another uh, Marilyn Manson gem, which is their cover if I put a spell on you. Which is such cover. a like a raw, just motherfucker. Like a very uh, yeah. There's been many covers of this song. The Kate Creedence, does one. Clearwater uh, Revival. Everybody yeah. has covered yeah. this song. But it's, it's a great song. Yeah. Marilyn Manson had a second best, had a second yeah, career definitely. as a cover band for sure. Oh, did he? Yeah, but yeah, he yeah. covered such great songs. And he did such yeah. a good. Well, job. Well, he did for a while, and then he did they, for a while until yeah. he hit Personal Jesus and uh, Tainted Love. And then yeah. he just then did like eighty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but this cover is great. It's dirty. Um, the end where he's screaming about like you know I love you I love you yeah it's, just, yeah, it's great it makes you feel how possessive the song is yeah. and I'd like to take this moment to say rest in peace to Daisy Berkowitz yeah uh, Scott Puteski yeah who was the original guitar player from Marilyn Manson who's on this track yeah uh, he passed away recently and he was definitely one of the uh, people that shaped that early Marilyn Manson mystique and sound yeah so yeah rest in peace dude. 
but great cover. But great he cover. absolutely hated Antichrist Superstar. Oh no, he hated it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the best album. Yeah, I know. so Twiggy Ramirez, Jordy White did most of the the guitar parts on that record. Oh, and that's also where they they definitely they moved away from where the Willy Wonka Darkness band. Yeah, yeah to actually like let's do. He something. preferred the uh, striped yeah. Doctor Seuss socks. Marilyn Manson. Yeah. But I'm going to bring yeah. them up again uh, before <laughs> 2 a.m., hopefully. All right, well, let's move along then. Uh, we got Fats Revisited by Battle of Menti. Uh, I like it. It's just like haunted ragtime piano. Uh, it's a really, really pretty song. I always liked it. It's very, uh, it's kind of spooky. It's different from the other Battle of Menti songs. It's different from uh, like the kind of trip hoppy. Uh, Mm-hmm. songs it has like i don't know I, I always liked it a lot i love piano though so um and then goes into another battle of Menti yeah song. fred's Fred, world which fred's is world. I, laura palmer <coughs> theme part two yeah very, very much ambient. it's a, it's a pretty one though um and uh and then of course let's just uh i don't know not much to say about uh, Ramstein. Bullshit! Oh, they're the best. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, working man's Leibach. No. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I never wanted to. I'm sorry, I just had to twist the knife a little. This song's uh, amazing. No, that song is great. Here's, yeah. here's, here's a few. This, this is, like is my introduction to Ramstein. <laughs> exactly, I absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I think, I think we could probably all say it was the introduction gonna, yeah. to Ramstein. Yeah. Since we're going to uh, do the second half of this, the third half of this, this recording after this, I'm going to espouse about Ramstein for a second. This was where I got into Rammstein. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What's oh, this yeah. weird? I'm already a KMFDM fan. This is strange. Who's this other mm-hmm. German band?" Mm-hmm. you guys pay attention but in this song that riff lasts throughout the entire song it's so the good the very start to the very it's end so it's so catchy too it just it's it such an earworm yeah yeah what's the other Ramstein song in this oh we'll get Adder there Mitch. we'll get there okay because i got something to say about that one we'll, okay. we'll get there keep, okay so and, and also okay. the beautiful no, thing on this song is that when they play this song live they did it then they still do it now this is the song where he puts on a metal jacket and they light on fire yeah. And he just puts his arms up and he sings, Rum shines. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yep, yep. I love that song. I, it's, yeah, I it's a great song. This is what introduced me to Rammstein. And I've said it before on this podcast, Rammstein's total discography has so many great variations of music. They are much more than where they started at here. But this is a great beginning for them. So. Yeah, absolutely. And what a good introduction. Yeah. You know, it's their first track on the album. I think it's their first appearance in the movie. And, and, and German uh, man just love saying their own name. KMFDM built their own. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, so ridiculous, but still yeah. charming. All about product placement. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we've got uh, Police by uh, no no we've got the Hollywood Sunset, which is my uh, favorite of the Barry Adamson uh, like right. trip hoppy yeah. songs. It's uh, yeah it's it, I don't know it it's really it's really a pretty song. It's I go back to it. I can't listen to it one time. I have to listen to it three that, times every that, time. That would fit in any David Lynch movie yeah. in the Hollywood era. Yeah, it, it, sure. it, it fits in almost anything. It's just really a beautiful instrumental track. Um, and uh, So then the next track is 
Pirate Mish. Man wird ihn um die Kirche schleichen. Seit einem Jahr ist er allein. Die Trauer nahm ihm alle Sinne. Schläft jede Nacht bei ihrem Stein. Yeah. So, one, thing, one thing interesting about this is that... Mitch Richmond. This is the edited version, as you can seek out the original. Yeah. The original. Yeah. Guitars, I, a ton of German words. Yeah. What, I, what I thought was interesting is I was watching this movie with the Amazon trivia flashing at me. Yeah. And uh, the song plays while uh, Bizarre is walking around the mansion looking looking for the money. and But but you find out this mansion is actually, there's probably some like occult shit going on here. Yeah. And the words are like, I was walking around the church. I was walking around mm. the church. Like, that's what the, yeah. that's what the words are. Yeah. So it actually, like, this is some occult church, this mansion. So it kind of, like, ties into that. Anyways, I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. Yeah. There's a great scene where it plays, too, because he's, it's, it's the porn, the porn. Where they're I making the snuff movies, right? Yeah. But, yeah. But, but. So, that gets us into police. Derek Morant is dead. You know, and, and the, uh, this police track is great. It's Angelo Badalamenti again. Yeah. And a lot of it's just intensity building. It's an yeah. ambient building drone. Yeah. But that drone builds so well to drive her down by... Oh, yeah. Uh, Trent Reznor. So, Driver Down yeah. is a great track. Oh, yeah. God. Yes. Yeah. So, Trent Reznor's already, he's working on the Quake soundtrack he put out the year before. Yeah. There's some similarities to that first track and the, the oh, yeah. playing. And, yeah. Like, there's some riffage in Driver Down, which is like Metallica-esque. Yeah. But also kind of ties in. Kind of reminds me of Quake. It has this instrumentalness to it. Uh, it has the beautiful piano in it. This yep. is a great yeah. song. Yeah. This it's made me really want some some legit instrumental. And it's got nails. some wild Bill Pullman saxophone. Yeah, yeah, dude. This is this a, song might be where I love Ghost so much. Yeah, this is a killer but track. But Ghost doesn't represent this song at all. I disagree. Or this song's not represented on Ghost at all. I disagree. I don't um, know enough about Ghosts. Yeah. So I'll have to revisit. Yeah. Can't wait till I, I took I took an entire episode by break. myself. Uh, <laughs> back in. Yeah, I should dive back in. You really, well, let's. Well, we can talk about that some other time. But um, yeah, the driver down is is such a good song. Such a good way to kind of like start winding down the album, right before we got to the the edit of the spooky outro version of that Andy is Ranged. Trent Reznor playing the saxophone. That's it awesome. Is. It's That's... the first time he's done it since purest feeling. It oh. says. Wow. Oh. What I like about it is that this. Track... I like he was like, I'll never touch purest feeling the again. Playing... Okay, fine. One more time. The plinking, the <laughs> yeah. plinking piano, and the yeah. saxophone. Yeah, they really kind of sum up like it's perfect for Lost Highway. Yeah, yeah. Saxophone's a big part of it. I mean, yeah. Bill Pullman's like honking yeah, on that bobo. Yeah. 
Honking on Bobo. Honking on Bobo. <laughs> he could not give us a no honk guarantee. <laughs> honking on Bobo. Yeah, that I, might be uh, Aerosmith's best. Drive it down's a badass song. I've always loved that yeah, song. Yeah, I've always thought it That song was yeah. killer. All right. Uh, so I think we the, should the um, in the Omni Range reprise. Yeah. The the way it yeah. comes back in with everything cyclical. Funny how secrets travel. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. 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 Thematically with the but movie. But one thing I think is under He escapes into his other reality. Is that towards the end of it, Philip Jeffries really starts banging out the piano nonsense. Like the <laughs> bum ba bum Oh, I love it though. I, love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. I love how You've basically, a couple times in this episode, not the real person's name, but whoever they play on Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, all right, so <laughs> so Lost Highway was a great soundtrack. We think it out, uh, outshines the movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a eight out of eight out of nine inches. And so, as far uh, as I'm concerned, the Angelo stuff and the Barry stuff, like, oh, all Barry, 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 is, Barry hits the Barry stuff alone is, is nine out of nine. I don't know. Actually, yeah. I would say some of the other stuff. I'm not a jazz down. guy. I'm not a jazz guy. Me neither, yeah. but still, man, that's not a jazz good. guy. I'll give it a 6.75 <laughs> nails. Really? You're not well, a big Six out of seven. I, I would give it eight out of nine inches. Yeah, I would I, also I, give it an eight out of nine. I, in spite of the fact that I don't love the perfect drug, I think that once he was generous with what he did with the rest of the album <coughs> all right let me see right. here just based off of the track listing alone let's see uh i'm deranged i like that one day it's on there twice uh video drones doesn't count perfect drugs great eyes great uh this magic moment's great apple of sodom's great uh i put a spell on you if you notice i am like you don't like the instrumentals. I you never like, like instrumentals. instrumentals. I don't, you never I, like instrumentals. I like instrumentals. I no, you don't. No, do. you don't. No. I think you don't. I do. No. I do. I just don't like these because, like, no the whole way. time I'm just. You don't like, like Mr. Eddie's theme? It's so fucking good, man. That's it's like fine. That's fucking genius. Like that music composer, Peter Gunn. It's fine, like, but it's yeah. a score. Right. It's a score in that sure, sense. Sure, you're right. So is the fucking John Williams fucking Star Wars track one wow. fucking album one. <laughs> That's <laughs> on again, like Star Wars. Eric is so petty sometimes. Star Wars scores are fine, but again, like I, I couldn't oh, they're put fine. A, I couldn't. I think they're great. They're great, but I need the moving images along with it in order for it yeah, to resonate. Yeah, without the Mark, movie, Mark, they're Mark, five out Mark of nine. Needs somebody nails. singing, <laughs> singing. This is a song about a lost highway. <laughs> <laughs> We're going down a highway and it's a lost highway. No, 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 there's, on the turbine. there's my binary sunset. <laughs> uh, no. So uh, I am a cop and I'm gonna arrest you. This no. is a police song. By but when I when Pablo I listen Mente. to a soundtrack, like uh, no, I love. Uh, I have no problem with instrumental yes, tracks. No problem whatsoever. Uh, I think just like you imagined, an instrumental track mm-hmm. is one of my top ten Nine Inch Nails songs. Oh. So what? Which one? Just like you imagined. It's not that fragile. That uh, album is yeah. great that you don't listen to. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's true, uh, but it just I I. I actually this album um it doesn't do anything for me. Sure. I mean I I love the 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 pieces but they could have been on any soundtrack for me. Mm-hmm. You know. Disagree. Yeah. Mm, fully yeah, disagree. Yeah, I could listen to this thing. I actually like through. the Natural Born Killer soundtrack a little bit more than Interesting. Lost I can listen to it from I think this is a better fully okay anyways agreed yeah i think this is a more fully realized so, soundtrack score and album all right well however i like the nine inch nails song on natural born killers better than the nine inch nails song on this one sure Interesting. moving right along but i like driver to, down though we're gonna we're gonna uh, but not yeah. an actual nine inch we're gonna nails. try to no, finish off yeah this yeah 
I'm let's afraid of Americans. About, let's talk about closure. Oh, sure. Wait, sure. wait, wait a minute. We're going to delve into closure? Well, there, there's... We're not delving into it. We're going to do it. Yeah, we're going to do a line. quick one. But it was a whole halo. Can you hand me a beer? Uh, it was a whole halo. So, okay, let's, yeah. let's real quick. How did you feel out when closure came out? Joe, do you remember? Oh, I, I mean, I was... I was fucking psyched. It was man. as important as a new album. Yeah, yeah. I went and it got, was, I got it from uh, d- uh, Tower on Christmas Eve. It was such I watched a it after my family went to bed. Perfect collection yeah. of what has come um, and, and, and how we got to where so we are. The first VHS was every music video Ugh. up until Perfect Drug. No, the first no, no, the first, shit. no, no, it wasn't. The first one was music videos. Yeah. You're right. Up until Perfect Drug, yeah. not including the broken video stuff. They had some of those videos, yeah. but not like gave up. They re- re-recorded that one with Marilyn Manson. And they also and some live filter videos. Including and some live the video videos. that the police found in uh, the cornfield. <laughs> the hard copy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, I, which I asked Mark. <laughs> what a gem. I, I texted yeah. Mark today and asked him to incorporate some uh, sound a, samples. That's that. right. What a gem. Yeah. Did yeah. they just call them idiots? Yeah. I showed that to my wife, and she was like, is this real? So I was like, yeah. No, listeners, just, there's no yeah. way to explain this on there. Just go look up Hard Copy Nine Inch Nails. It's probably the most amazing thing you'll see all year. Yeah, hard Copy Nine Inch Nails. We'll put it in yeah. the, the It's, the it's so good. Uh, second VHS was a documentary of their live tour, mostly the self-destruction, self-destruction, self-destruction tour, tour, a little bit... The tail end when David Bowie got involved, yep. but mostly the first half. No, there's some good... With there's Ma- some Marilyn good, Manson. There's some good behind-the-scenes stuff with Marilyn Manson, some good behind-the-scenes stuff with David Bowie, which is really endearing because when they're hanging out with David Bowie, you can tell they're just like, we're touring with David Bowie. Yeah. yeah. They're when they're like, hanging out with anybody else, they act like fucking idiots backstage, yeah. smashing shit. There, there's some or whatever. good yeah, stuff there's some with the stupid Rose shit. Side yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Buzz Osborne shows yep. up from the yep. Melvins, yeah, Melvins. Which I think might be yeah. the first time I knew who Buzz was, who's yeah. like my idol. Yeah. You know, that was, yeah. that was great. That was cool. Um, those live performances are all really good. Yep. Um, yep. All the live stuff. Is and great. also, I really like that they really do a good job of like angry guy who you just knew from being angry. Yep. They do like you watch that. You're like, oh, he's a normal nerd. Like yeah. really, all the stuff of him just sitting around like in between shows and stuff. I mean, this is typical shit you learn about a band when you watch them. But when a band's image is so based upon being dark. Yeah. Seeing that they're all just goofballs yeah. is a lot of fun. It's yeah. pretty cool. They're just I do remember when Joe and I watched it very recently yeah. together. And when they start smashing up backstage, we were both like, oh, they're better than that. What are they doing? <laughs> no, they're not. What are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> and then like Buzz Osborne walks by and he acts like he's like right out of a mental hospital. He's like, can I do one? It was so <laughs> weird. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, but I believe he nails it. Yeah, he yeah. does. He does. He and everyone like gives him a yeah. high five, like yeah. he's a special ed kid. And it was just like, who is that guy? Because I I I didn't listen to uh, the Melvins at that time. No. And then when I saw the Melvins open for for Tool, Tool. later, we were there. We're yeah. The same. Yeah. Both nights at the uh, at the fucking memorial. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I was like That's school a good nights. Band. I don't know how my parents let me get away. They let me get away with whatever the fuck I wanted. I didn't get in any <laughs> trouble, so they're like, okay. But based <laughs> off of that little snip and closure, I actually thought that there was something mentally wrong with. Buzz Osborne. He's one of the but then, most like, when you, rocking people in the world. And, I know. And then, like, I've seen him in interviews. He's amazingly articulate and hilarious Did you watch and funny. That, uh, Daniel Johnston's uh, Separated at Birth. See, uh, that's what I twin. thought. That's yeah. what I thought. Mark, yeah. did you watch that documentary from a few years ago? No. Did you watch that? Yeah, thing? yeah, that's yeah, great. That's that's great. great. I'll send you yeah. a link to he's it. A, cool. He's a shark of a businessman. No, but Closure was great. Great, yeah. Great video. It humanized a band that I, like, I never thought that Trans are as inhuman, but 
I was able to make them feel like less of a distant, yeah, angry got, artist right. thing. Yeah, he didn't. Oh, he doesn't live in, a, in an art no. museum. He's right. like a no. he's like a regular. And a great collection of music videos yeah. too. A great. And movie. he runs around with a dog in a few scenes, and I really yeah. am a happy true that nerd's dog nerd. Like dog. Ended up like yeah. jumping off of a balcony and, oh, no. and and dying on tour, and he like. Pulled out a tour. Well, of course. Yeah, that was. I think that was the dog. That was the dog that you can hear him on the physical song. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. So So from there we go to remixes. And so now we're gonna end tonight's episode. We were talking about I'm afraid of Americans. That's that's part of the remix roundup. Oh, okay. That's the first entry. So we're gonna do the remix roundup. We're not gonna listen. No, no, no. no. Dear listeners, if you're still with us, I love you. There's so much to talk Uh, about. But we're gonna. His stuff was remixed. He was remixing other people. It was a weird time. Yeah, it was a um, lot. In fact, no, we're, actually, we're actually we're actually gonna we're gonna start before my friend Americans and go real quick. That video. Yeah. Um, they remixed the KMFDM song in '94. Yep. Uh, Light. Light. Light's Light. a great song. Yep. Light, Light is, is from their... the era of KMFDM. Like I love KMFDM, and but we've talked about on here before how they don't age well. They're of a time. 2003 and on, you can't listen to them. Yeah. Maybe earlier. And even, and even then there's some cringeworthy stuff. They were, they were like kind of trying to do Andy Warhol and industrial. They would talk about themselves. They mm-hmm. would talk about pop culture in a way that in the time it probably was funny, but it gets dated very fast. And th- this is one of those tracks where they talk about themselves. Yep. But the riff is so good. Yeah. So Light. good. They actually yeah. say so good, I think, in this in the yeah. song. Yeah. This in, is in their a world full of freaks. Open your eyes. Yeah. Uh, this what we do for you, you. don't good for you. Yeah. yeah. Don't this be was, afraid when you realize. It's this all good. And, and the sound, this, this is actually, it, that, sound, yeah. it just sounds like the original song, but longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some, some I don't heavier, even know if has anything to do with this. Some heavy, yeah, well, he re- remixed it. Some heavier drums, some heavier guitars. But um, in this era of and, and this song is very much has a really good groovy riff, and the best came FDM songs were actually remember how earlier we were talking about Paul Barker was the guy from Ministry, yeah. Gunther Schultz, yeah, came FDM was the guy, yeah, yeah. He wrote all the awesome guitar parts. When he left the band in 1999, they got way worse. Yeah, right? absolutely. And 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 he everything was, I was after say, symbols. I, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, that was like, like their oh, send off was album, great. Really. Uh, yeah. He's on Audios too, which I oh I yeah, Audios is okay. Sure, sure. Right. But the, he after that, he's not there, and they're just not nearly as good. Okay. Yeah. And he was like the guitar work on this song. A lot of his groove work was why it's good. Okay. The other remix I like a lot, and I'll turn it over to you. Um, they did the Mother Inferior got her gun. All right. Which was Get Your Gun remix by Marilyn Manson. And that was from the Marilyn Manson in the Spooky Kids era, kind of. Yeah. Uh, it was off of the... It was off the first album. Yeah, it was the, the first single. single yeah, but that, that, was was back, Get Your Gun that was back when, when we were talking about earlier, when Daisy Burke, like, it's still the, the madness of Willy Wonka. Oh, era. sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was all about, I was thinking about it recently, it was all about, I guess, a... Uh, uh, and a doctor who performed abortions named David Gunn was killed by a Christian fundamentalist, and that's why it's called Get, Get Your Gun with Two. two was, that, was that like back in like '92 or something yeah. like that? Yeah, and then you I know pseudo pseudo morals work real well for the talk shows in the week. That whole lyric thing. I've been thinking about that a lot because I've always evangelical Christianity is the fucking shit. Yeah, yeah. it's uh... so goddamn much. Yeah, and I've got fan members that buy into that shit. It's bothered me since I was a child. Yeah. And right now, when we live in a world where Donald Trump is the president and supported by these people, and he's it's everything easy. they claim that the Bible stands against, it just makes me think about 
Man, even like 25 years ago, Marilyn Manson was saying about how like, fucking hypocrites. This is terrible. Yeah. Dipshits. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, So, And that remix, it's basically the song Get Your Gun with uh, some layers of a weird mentally challenged person talking over it. Yeah. And um, that's about it. That's the the big difference. Yeah. Uh, So he Trevor Reznor remixed some uh, David Bowie. Yeah. Before this, the album that came out this era, which was the um, Earthling. Earthling album, he did do a remix of Hurts Filthy Lesson off Outside yeah. earlier, which Sounds is very similar to the alternative. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it's so Well, good. likewise, his remix of I'm Afraid of Americans is, is pretty similar yeah. to the original. But he did too. four. Yeah. And what's very interesting is... It adds a few of those like like closer type elements. What, you know? what, what's clear to me when I listen to the, his I'm Afraid of the, He did four remixes of I'm Afraid of Americans. We're not going to talk about all of them. Can we talk about how funny that video is? It's well, great. we will. We were, and yeah, actually, we'll, we'll spend the most the most He's time talking about that. that. Yeah, he's got the soul patch. They they they're both. It's like a competition of goatees. Yeah, between him and Bowie. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Bowie right. with his, his ill recommended mustard colored. Uh, so the hard turtleneck. turtleneck. There's not much of a big difference there between the original right. song and yeah, but uh, no, there is in his in his in his uh, best um, leather old navy yeah. kind of yeah. outfit. Yeah. Uh, uh, the first version of I'm Afraid of America. He's trying to do like a Travis Bickle thing, I think. Maybe. Yeah. The first version of I'm Afraid of Americans was on the Showgirl soundtrack, and it was I'm Afraid of the Animals. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yep. Sounds like a Sesame Street song. No, if you listen to it, I'm Afraid of the Animals. One of those parodies. (laughs) And it's Nine Inch Nails doing the music, and then they slowly reworked itself into... What would be that? And then I think that's the video version. So there's there's four versions. Song. They're all worth listening to, um, and it truly is a great crossover of Nine Inch Nails and David Bowie. Yeah, so, um, it's a good song. It is a good song. It's a great song. It's the best yeah. song off that album. I love comment on good vibes. I got no idea how appreciant yeah. it really would be yeah. though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I couldn't have imagined. Yeah, it. I remember Mark and I saw that together for the first time on M two or whatever, and uh, we were excited it was coming. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I, and, and Trent was small. the cab driver all along. I know his name's Johnny. He's Johnny. an American. <laughs> God is an American. It's really God is Johnny. real, and he's an American. Johnny wants to suck in a Coke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that that album also has Small times. Wonder, which is a great yeah. song, but I, a Little Wonder. Little Wonder. Little Wonder. Small Wonder, the TV yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little Wonder, but but that's a better song. I'm afraid American is a better song. Yeah. Uh, Kurt are walking around firing fake guns at David Bowie. So there's a Seven lot of... Seven Years in Tibet is another good song off Earthling. Right. That's a good right. one. Brings yeah. out the saxophone. Yep. Yeah. Saxophone. So that's I'm Afraid of Americans. And then... Yeah. Um, and so it was originally, right, they recorded it for Outside, which is probably why it was fe- able to be featured in, show in Showgirls. In, but it was an outtake. It, they funny, didn't, they didn't, yeah. funny thing is the they same director the of Showgirls did um, uh, fucking Starship Troopers where they did 
a David Bowie song, but they changed the lyrics to it. That's right. That was also a Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. Uh, what was movie. it? The uh, uh, they they changed twenty first century girl, the twenty fourth century girl. They yeah. changed, they changed the lyric. Anyways, whatever. Um, so then there was other remixes that happened. There was. So how do you feel about Pleasant Smell by Twelve Rounds? Do you have oh. much to say? Oh, not much to say about that remix, but what I liked about that soundtrack was they called it the Nothing Collective, mm-hmm. where it was like him and Jack Dangers on one song, and like mm-hmm. Charlie Clauser and fucking Luke Vibert. So like there was like a six month period where that could have been a real thing. Yeah. Where like all these amazing electronic artists were doing stuff together, and they, the remix for that isn't mind blowing or anything, but I love that concept. And how many of them yeah, also appeared on that Atticus Ross Perfect too. Drug single uh, oh, Atti- remixes? Oh. That he, Atticus Ross and his wife, Claudia Future, Sarn, Future Nine are 12 rounds. Oh, yeah. Mastermind. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we got two more things to talk about. A lot of scenes well, playing. Let me, oh. Let me, I'll, get, I'll get you there. I know where you want to end with. We're going to end strong. Okay. The This is not a remix. Did you guys all... I, I bought this MP3. Like I literally bought it for like two dollars ninety nine cents on Napster or some nonsense when it came out. You paid for Napster, <laughs> uh, whatever it was. Uh, the Josh, I got Wink- a bridge to sell you, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Josh Wink song, "Big Black Bomb." It's so good, Josh it's Wink. Song. It's so good. Now, that takes me back. This is a great song. Uh, Josh Wink basically he was just making this song, and one of his uh, producers oh, decided, "Hey, why don't you throw some vocals on this?" I think we can get a hold of Trent Reznor. And Trent Reznor was like, I'm not doing anything. And just, they sent him the tracks. He sang over it. They sent it back. They didn't collaborate at all. It was just a, uh, yeah. Over the phone. Yeah. It's but, a uh, very catchy song. The original song. Postal yeah. Service. <laughs> I love it. Joe, yeah. So I don't know anything about Josh Wink. What the fuck was he? Uh, he was kind of, uh, I'm pretty sure he was American. Uh, uh, kind of like Acid House. Mm-hmm. Um he had a few notable uh, hits in 96, 97. He was a uh, prominent uh, uh, prominently seen on MTV's Amp. Oh yeah. For oh fuck yeah, that was a great channel. That yep. was a great show. Yep, yeah. yep. You know, a couple really. cool videos. That video Are You There uh, was pretty neat. You know, I had like this had a, a the look of the video reminded me a lot of um, um, Michelle Gondry type videos, okay. like a, like a like a miniature city with a camera zooming through it, looked like early, you know. It's like oh, it's this weird cardboard city we're driving through, you know. I was like oh no, just a camera through a little miniature town, um, but yeah, you know, he's uh, I wouldn't say he had um, any like lasting uh, effect in the scene. He was kind of a right place, right time kind of yeah, artist, I'd so. say. Uh, great, so it's, great song. Yeah, it's cool. That's that, a great that, song. That, it's definitely that he just mailed him the. <clears throat> He was like, "Hey, I need vocals," and they were like, "Yeah, here's five people available." Yeah. Oh, I like Nine Inch Nails, and they sent her husband, and he yeah. gave him vocals. Yeah, and, he, and it's a fucking so catchy. Yeah, like it's yeah. Stuck, yeah. It just stuck in my brain. Yeah, a big fan really of the uh, three hundred three. Jerry uh, in the bag. Uh, so uh, uh, it's been a long night. I what? appreciate everyone's uh, efforts. Now get um, out of my house. Take no, some dog turd with before, you. Before before <laughs> I kick you all out. Eric, tell me all about the Victory re- remix. I will, but before I say that, I'm just going to say, listen to Nine Inch Nails' remix of Killing Joke's Democracy. Ooh. Was that from around these days? Yes. Okay. It's a, it's a, it is a very, very good remix. He takes one riff from that song and one word vocal sample, hmm. and the rest is all him, and it's a fucking club banger. 
Well, I bet I can imagine Listen killing to, Joseph yeah. Mann that yeah. the guy oh, yeah. well, he was, awesome, he was probably fulfilling a dream yeah. in that yeah, situation. Yeah, to be able to do that. So listen to that. You want to talk about punk industrial? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. killing joke. Do Absolutely. not, do not. You will not be sorry. So, but yes, thank you for setting me up for Puff Daddy. <laughs> so, this is perfect for me, arc wise, character arc. Wise. Yeah, <laughs> because at this point in my story, I summer of ninety eight, <coughs> right I, before the the you know the fall of the the bark ages of hip hop. Right? Are you a No Limit soldier at this point? Uh, almost, but. Wu Tang's Forever came no, out. No, no, not yet. Uh, Wu Tang Forever came out, and I got <laughs> thank you. I can't. I got very into it, but I hated Puff Daddy. But probably some limit soldier. I <laughs> I I hated Puff Daddy because Biggie had just died, and Biggie was a pretty good rapper. But every yeah. Biggie song had a terrible beat, and it was all Puff Daddy's fault. I think he's kind of. I'm sorry. When I go back and listen to, I don't understand. He's the, he's okay. Yeah. He's okay. Us hip hop heads that have listened to some underground stuff know that there's better lyricists. He didn't die. But for mainstream for mainstream stuff, he was okay. But Puff Daddy's beats made him so much worse. And like just capitalized off his death. Puff Daddy's gonna kill me now for saying that. Because he's listening to the show for sure. But for sure. But Puff Daddy did, I will say, go through a phase where before Limp Biscuit and all this other crap, he was like, Oh shit, there's a rap rock crossover that I can tap into. Yeah, we should, you know, let's he remixed Cashmere terribly. Well, I was going to say he um he got uh Dave Grohl and Rob Zombie to do all about the Benjamins and there was a whole video where he takes these kids to the prom with uh, Lil Kim and they're at the prom and it's the rock version and Dave Grohl and the whole band is like playing and it's Rob something going like all about the Benjamins. Yeah. And it's a, it's ridiculous. Wow. But he did follow that up by getting Trent to remix victory, which is which, a good remix, which is a great remix. And it shows Trent knows hip hop. We talked about it with big man with a gun. He respected it. He was making fun of it with big man with a gun, but he did like the sonics of hip hop. And he, his beat in that victory mix is fantastic. And that when it hits that, Buster Rhymes gibberish chorus. That Does book. Buster Rhymes ever not yell? No, never. He's always yelling. He, he's got great delivery. It's very loud. It's very fast. But he never says anything. Yeah, Doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys watched yeah. the video for this? Yeah. Oh yeah. The video for this has Dennis Hopper as like yeah. the president, and it's like Running Man. Danny where, DeVito's in it. Yeah, Danny DeVito's in well, it. Was it directed like, by Hype Williams? Probably. And, and, it, and so it yeah. is. It's It would be the era for sure. Ninety-seven. Around and like, oh lordy. Puppy Combs running man. in it's a, a like silent running Tron-esque atmosphere. It's the running man. There's, running there's man. videos yeah. of Biggie Smalls in the background. Yeah. And, and then like And Buster Rhymes like, is like gar- gargoyle sitting on the building going, yeah. Where my fucking bitches is at? Yeah, and yeah. And, we yeah. got the real life shit. Yeah, so. yeah. But uh the the remix that From tra- front to back. Trump Re- Trump Reza remix is uh It's a really good remix. I appreciate that song. Yeah, and I just like to imagine him in the fucking Maryland <laughs> in the, <laughs> Two minutes long. In the yeah. fucking Charles Manson basement just <laughs> Just fucking programming this shit out. It's very funny. Well, and on that note, it is one in the morning. Yes. Yep. We this covered, is gonna be two episodes, folks. We covered uh, so much. Half a decade of music. Yep. So we covered three films. We covered our shoes and dog shit. <laughs> we covered numerous uh, uh, singles and soundtracks and remixes and 
We did it, folks. We, we did it. All this the is going to be from, split into two episodes. From Richard Pryor to Gary Busey. There you go. Uh, so, folks, thanks for listening. Um, again, we appreciate any iTunes reviews. Like our Facebook page. Um, you can also find us individually on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Marked, M-A-R-C-K-E-D. Um, and uh, Stephen, where can people find you if you want to be found? At Twitter, or at Stephen E. Chambers on Twitter. And Eric, how about you? At Donald J. Trump. <laughs> at the real Donald J. Trump. <laughs> the government is shut down. Uh, Eric Two Guns. That's right, Guns Akimbo, Eric right. Anderson. And uh, Joe Vieira, are you anywhere on the interwebs? Uh no. No, he's on the dark he's on the dark <laughs> web. He's already packing yeah, up. He's dark, on, dark web, he's yeah. Dark you can web. find me on Instagram, lots of pictures of video games and cute toddlers, and that's about it. But Joe, we'd like to thank you for joining I us. Thank you very much. Joe yeah. was our Steve. favorite Joe as our first guest gave us all we could ask for and more. Yep. Yes. So Perhaps hope you much. enjoy gave us two hours of of extra content. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We initially had Trent Reznor booked for this particular episode, but he didn't come, so uh, we Joe was Joe glad enough to fill in. We more about 1997-era drum and bass, so... Yeah, exactly. That's probably true. I'd like to rap with Trent Reznor about 97 drum and bass someday. Yeah. I bet you would. That's my make-a-wish. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, folks. Have a great day.